Welcome back to the Bit Beacon Broadcast. It's episode 009 with Rick Ravenheart and Taylor. It's November 21st, 2023. Uh, we've got a brand new microphone. We're continuing to invest brand new in the podcast. I ordered it this morning and somehow it got here before we started recording. To go with our new studio. So I apologize if... There's sound issues this week, you know, we'll just kind of have to see how that goes and work with the new mic and figure things out, but the quality should be a lot better. You shouldn't be hearing as much white noise in the background anymore, um, so uh, I hope Hopefully. it's better for you. So let's jump into our usual first topic. What have we been playing? What have we been buying? I forget, did you go first last week or I, did I? I don't remember. Okay. Why don't you just go Okay, I'll go first. Um, I guess I'll I'll go over some pickups, some new games I've purchased. Um, one of these is a new game, and two of these are uh, older releases. Mm-hmm. I'm not super old, but I did pick up uh, the remake of Super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. Notice they didn't put like a any kind of subtitle or anything for this. So this is now officially Super Mario RPG. Parentheses 2023. Right. Uh, <laughs> I really kind of don't like it when they do that. Yeah, they did that with like the Tomb Raider reboot. Right. Like now it's always got this like year next to its title to, to help people differentiate it. That's how I feel about Mortal Kombat Parentheses 9. Yeah. Like, really, you already have a title called that. Right. Um, so this is a remake of a Super Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gotten really great reviews. People say it's super faithful. It's a very iconic Super Nintendo game. A lot of people are playing that right now. A lot of people are here. Yeah. Um, originally developed by Squaresoft, yep. which is now known as Square Enix. Um, Fittingly. Yeah. Uh, because they merged with another company, Enix, a long, long time ago. Right. Or around the time, shortly after Kingdom Hearts 1 released. I think Kingdom Hearts 1 was the last yeah, Squaresoft it release. It was that era, yeah, for sure. Um, and I haven't opened it yet, haven't started it yet, uh, but this is a game I've been wanting to play for a long time, um, and now I have no excuse not to, and it's done a really good job of capturing the original aesthetic of the, the, mm-hmm. the game. They keep the kind of squished chibi deformed look of all the characters and uh um yeah i'm just excited to play a turn-based mario game i haven't played one in a really long time that's a good one um other pickups i got this week were kind of some black friday deals i got the newer mario plus rabbids game sparks of hope this is the second mario plus rabbids game Mm -hmm. um this is a 60 dollar game normally but Black Friday, they had it for 15 bucks, and so I couldn't say no. And this is the Cosmic Edition. It sold exclusively at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, Can you hold the... Yeah. yeah, there we go. It has some like bonus weapons or something like that that aren't normally available in the game otherwise. So is this a tactical turn-based thing? Yes, yes. So the Mario Rabbit series came out, I think the first one came out the first or second year of the Switch's life. Right. And it's a tactic-style game. Um, It's not grid-based, though. You have, like, sort of a... Wherever you start, you kind of have a tether. And you can only go as far as, like, the tether sort of allows you to go. Within cells? 
or no? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's invisible cells, but oh. they're not, like, visual to the player. Got you. The, the one that I played, um, what is it, Mario vs. Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Yeah, that's the first Mario Rabbids okay. game. Yeah, um, so this is the sequel to that. That one does have actual visible grids. Oh, okay. I think this one maybe loses the grids. Um, I think it goes for more of a sort of a seamless look mm-hmm. but it still retains the same kind of gameplay but so if you played the first one then you know that like it's kind of got like a tactical cover base sort of does, system yeah. as You're well hide uh, hiding behind cover is a big mechanic yeah uh yeah really good really good game yeah better than it had any right being you right know, people didn't have high hopes for the first mario rabbits game mm-hmm. and it ended up really surprising people it does. It can get monotonous after a while, mm. but like your first several hours, three worlds or so, it's just awesome. I hear, yeah, it, and it's like challenging too. It's it, not like a walk yeah. in the park. No, it, like, it is. You actually have to be like strategic. You can't just mindlessly try to play it. Right. That's very true. Um, I booted up the first Mario Rabbids game and I got pulled away by some other new game release so I never did totally finish it. I think I made it to maybe the second world before I got pulled away. It is something I want to get back to. Fun story. Yeah. Um, at E3 it must have been 2018 or 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have, well, I kind of intended to bring the game, I, I brought the game with me Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, the Nintendo was promoting the DLC, the Donkey Kong DLC for the first Mario and Rabbids game, and the director and co or in the like the the number two on the the game right. happened to be there at Nintendo's booth. So I waited off to the side until they came off stage and got them both to, Very to nice. sign the sign the game. Cool. Um, I know that this game apparently the sales were not nearly as good as the first one. Yeah. Um, and there was some comment that they felt that maybe they should have held the game back for, like, Nintendo's next console. Oh, okay. And that it would have been a bigger success had they done that rather than release it now. I guess that does make sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll see another Mario and Rabbids game. Uh, I don't know that the game met Ubisoft's internal expectations. Because we should I... know, this is developed... And published by Ubisoft, mm-hmm. not Nintendo. This is through a special an arrangement between the two of them. Right. It, it, I mean, Nintendo, you could say, is licensed by Nintendo still. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of approval that mm-hmm. this still goes through with Nintendo. Um, you wouldn't know from playing it, I'll say that. Yeah, you, you really don't. I mean, one thing um, I've heard with a new game is that it leans more into the rabid stuff okay than it does like the first game which is largely set in like the world of mario it feels very mario with rabbits whereas this one is more like mario inside ubisoft's world of rabbits right which Um, is technically rayman yeah it's fun uh they they did like a dlc thing for this game Mm -hmm. this the newer mario and rabbits game and I guess Rayman becomes a playable character oh, awesome. through the DLC, which is, that is about yeah. time. About time, you know. Like I've always been so confused. Like, why do the Rabbids get so much attention? Right. When like, it's when it's Rayman yeah, franchise. Exactly. I mean, Rayman is like a classic platformer. It's the French's Mario, essentially. Right. You know. 
Um, he, yeah, he's. I'm he a goes, fan of Rayman. Yeah, big time. Rayman is awesome. Yeah, goes way back. Um, and then the other thing I picked up uh, for Black Friday was I got Everybody One Two Switch. So this is a Nintendo published party game. Okay. Um, GameStop had it for ten dollars, and I still had my five dollar Pro coupon. Okay. So I was like, you know what? For five dollars, I will pick this up finally. It came out earlier this year. It is not good, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. <laughs> is it developed by Nintendo? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Developed by a small internal team. There was a launch title for the Switch. Its name is escaping me, but I think it was just called Everybody Switch. Okay. Um, was the name. It was a launch title. It should have been a pack-in title, like Wii Sports was for the Wii. Gotcha. But they charged, like, full price for it. Oh, wow. And it was, like, a collection of, like, a handful of party games. And they're entertaining for about 20 minutes, and then you're kind of like, okay, gotcha. I've seen everything this has to offer. Um, this game, my understanding is that, like, up to, like, 16 people can play at once using a smartphone you like log into a website with a code that comes up on the switch screen mm-hmm. and people can interact with it in different ways so using phones and joy cons and that kind of a thing does it use like your me character associated with your nintendo i don't camera? i think it's maybe there's an option to do that but i think you can just easily play you just punch in your name and then your name will appear Go there's ahead. other party games um that use that kind of a thing with the phone technology um what do the characters look like or anything i mean it's a bunch of humans on the cover i don't know that like each player is represented by a character on the screen i mean you can kind of see from these screenshots on the back here there's like a mixture of graphics and like real people featured okay these look like just like the tv games like what's what is it called pinhole or whatever the cornhole yeah maybe yeah you know those regular party yeah um and television amico looking stuff yeah (laughs) in a way yeah um but anyways yeah for five dollars i was like you know what it's a first party nintendo published title Mm -hmm. how can i say no to five bucks no it's a good pick yeah um and what have i been playing i've I finished um, Mario Wonder. Okay. Well, when I say finished, I mean I beat the story and I saw the credits. Yeah, be careful. Uh, I didn't um, 100% the game. <laughs> all right. I beat all of the standard levels and I collected all of the Wonder Seeds in every single level. Mm-hmm. But there is a secret world um, that you can access through certain points in the individual world levels. Okay. And they just have, like, the really challenging, hard, yeah. 2D Mario... The you dare, you dare to play levels. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm okay. Yeah. I saw the credits. <laughs> um, I think I'm I think I'm good. Um, so, real quick, I was talking about the... The final world of the game is basically, like, Bowser's Castle. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's not so much Bowser's castle, it's more like Bowser is a castle. Okay. Like, he's, like, become the... He's embodied a castle, so he's, like, a castle with a giant talking head on it. Interesting. But there's sort of, like, a gauntlet of, like, four or so levels before you get to him. And then when you go into the final level, it's just a... Completely a boss battle. Mm Mm-hmm. And the boss battle kind of 
it's one of those boss battles where you you use like everything you've learned like through the whole course of the game to kind of like defeat him mm-hmm. all the variety of power-ups all those kinds of things so it's a nice like a uh, like yes i know what i'm doing now you know kind of a thing right like you you're putting all of the learned mechanics to the test yeah um and it's it was i would say it is hard but the game constantly or it throws power ups at you every couple minutes mm-hmm. so like even if you get like you know mini you don't know, the new Mario games also throw you like an invincibility star if you've died three times or something like no, that? No, nothing like that in okay, this game. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's, uh, you know, there you can see other people playing if you have the multi, the asynchronous multiplayer thing turned on. Okay. So like you can kind of help each other out right. uh, that you, way. You as talk well. about like the signposts and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember if there were signposts during the boss, but if you see people also doing the battle, you can kind of link like. You can, you know, make your little ghost float over to them and they'll, like, revive you kind of right, thing. Right, I am... I think I will revisit the game down the line playing one of the other characters that, like, control a little differently. Like, I think it would be interesting to try it with Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for now, I've just kind of moved on with the game. I do, do want to say the credits are, like, an interactive kind of credits. Okay. Which are, like, the best kind, you know? Like, yeah, everybody right. loves... Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers Melee has, mm-hmm. like, one of the best uh, interactive think, uh, credits. Kid Icarus Uprising also yeah. has. all of Sakurai's games yeah. oh, have yeah. interactive credits, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, these ones were really good. I enjoyed them a lot. Great music. I, I'm obsessed with credits. I love watching mm-hmm. credits. Well, some games I don't. Because some games put, like... Everybody and their mom in the credits. Right. It's like the receptionist. Everybody you know? who's employed by that company. Like the entire com- Ubisoft games are notorious for this. Mm-hmm. Their credits, I'm not joking, are 30 plus minutes long. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they just yeah. list their groundskeeper and every, yeah, like, everyone mean, who's like, employed. That's cool, but it's like you're like naming people who had nothing to do with that that product like they don't even work at that studio they work at like a different studio right. in a different part of the world working in, on a in, different in game in a different country yeah uh, that i that i don't understand at all yeah. um i've noticed a lot of games have a thing where you hold down x and it'll like fast forward through the credits or you can mm-hmm. even just like press start and it'll like skip skip um some games like an ubisoft game yeah i'm kind of like okay yeah right. i think i'm good i'll do the fast forward thing i I try not to skip credits if I can, mm-hmm. but yeah, if it has a fast forward option, I do sometimes you take can, advantage of that. You can read that. fast. Yeah, and a lot of games now just have the credits accessible before yeah, you've I've, even beaten I've the game. I've noticed that before, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's kind of a good thing, because then if someone wants to like cite that they're in the credits of the game, like if an, a potential employer wants to check if that's actually true... Yeah, it is a good thing, because there are people it. who need to reference that. Yeah. You know. Um, I've noticed that, like, in the options menu or the extras menu of games, yeah, um, there's an option to view the credits, which I, I, I appreciate that, yeah. too. I mean, I don't know, like, for, like, Mario Wonder, like, like the way the credits are, they're interact. it's almost like a treat for having beaten the game, right. you know? So, sh- as it should be. Right. Um, so it's, like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, it's good that they're there, but it's maybe almost like they should have two versions of the credits. They should have, like, the one that plays at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and then just, like, a text list informational yeah that you can just like scroll through at your leisure right um aside from that i have started playing final fantasy 2 
Okay. Dawn of Souls version on my so it's a Game Boy Advance game on my analog pocket. I noticed it was out there on the couch. Yeah, I um it's something I have been wanting to get around to for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I booted up my cartridge and I saw my completed Final Fantasy 1 save file and I was like it's time to do Final Fantasy 2. Have you done played any of Final Fantasy 2 before? Prior to this, I think the only thing I ever did was, like, right after I finished Final Fantasy 1, like, we're talking like, 20 years ago yeah, now. I remember. I remember when this uh, came out. Yeah, I think it was, like, freshman or sophomore year of high school, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, we were, f- like, 14, and that would have been 2004. I went to, I was playing it, I went to Maui with my dad and my stepmom and my siblings for Christmas, and I brought that game with me, and mm-hmm. that was what I was, like, playing in my downtime. And I, I think I even brought the the Nintendo official guide. Mm-hmm. This is game. actually the first Final Fantasy that has like a named main character, who's right? An actual character that they yeah. built. I think so far it's Firion. Firion is that his name? That's I, the main character. And then you have Maria, and then Guy. Right. I remember Guy. Yeah. I, yeah. It's coming. Back now, now Final Fantasy Two is weird. Mm-hmm. You don't level up in this game. Right. The way you increase your stats is by attacking with certain weapons, using magic, um, taking damage. So if, like, you want to increase your HP, you have to take damage. Right. So, like, what you end up finding yourself doing is, like, using your spellcaster to cast offensive spells on the whole party to, like, help get your, like, HP levels up. Right. Um, It's kind of... it does away with grinding, but not really, because gold, or gill, I should say, the currency in the game, is really important. you got to constantly be upgrading to right. new armor sets. It's especially important in those early Final Fantasies. Yeah, and so it's kind of bizarre. It's like, well, I still have to do all the grinding I would have normally done, mm-hmm. and now I have to like sort of micromanage these like stat gains for each character yeah. in my head. It seems a little backwards. I get what they were trying to do they wanted to like well players are just grinding levels and getting really powerful so maybe we should try to do something different and cool mm-hmm. to make it work differently i don't know if they ever use this method again in final fantasy um they traditionally if you've noticed every final fantasy installment has a different leveling mastering skills mechanic you know um the way you do it in I think this is the only time where you don't actually gain XP. Yeah, XP, yeah. I'm not hearing that awesome... Right. right. It just doesn't work that way in this game. Yeah. Um, and But every single one of them has like a different main mechanic with how... Yes, you know, your they're all grows. unique for sure. I mean, Final Fantasy 1 is the most straightforward right. of them all. Well, it's the first. It's yeah. what set that up. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I, I really enjoyed the first Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is also, you know, you level up and you get stat gains, you know. Right. And of course there's equipment, and of course there's like abilities that you can increase their power with like skill points, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it was pretty straightforward. Like right. it wasn't like I had to think backwards to like get it to work. I where I'm kind I, of sort of having to think backwards with Final Fantasy 2. Not that I'm complaining, though. Right. I'm actually enjoying it's, my time at the game. Yeah. It, it, I appreciate it for what it is. You know? Um, yeah. It's not my favorite 
leveling or growth mechanic right um of all of them but i i like that they started shifting stuff that, yeah like immediately that. they yeah. were like let's try something different right rather uh, I, than like i can't remember which one i think it was four um you have to equip in addition to leveling you have to equip different weapons and armor and stuff like that accessories each one of them has a different like bonus once you mastered it so mm-hmm. you have to gain experience with that stuff equipped okay equipped 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 <laughs> uh and then you master that items and you get its like benefit hold on i need to add that to the rictionary real right. quick the rictionary that we started that a long time yeah. ago um but yeah so you get like items benefits okay. after mastering them interesting okay like, yeah permanently right um that's just an that kind of reminds me of Last Odyssey. Kind well, of Lost has, Odyssey Lost does Odyssey, that. Excuse me. I'm I'm pretty sure Lost Odyssey soccer, uh, so- Sakaguchi, Sakaguchi um, took inspiration from a number of his Final Fantasy right. games. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that's I'm I'm not too far in. It has been pretty grindy so far. Mm-hmm. I've only just done like my first dungeon that had like multiple like basement floor kind of things, right? Keys and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, so I haven't done too much yet. I haven't. The enemy variety so far is like really low. I'm encountering the same enemies that I encountered like right outside of the starting town. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when like it's going to get more challenging. Because um, might... most of the enemies only have like yeah. forty to like sixty HP so far, and I'm one shotting most of them. So I know the first boss that I did fight was like the first. I wouldn't really call it a challenge. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, it did do significant damage when he attacked one of my uh, players. It did take, like, a third of that, like, uh, character's health. Right. Yeah. I know in addition to Dawn of Souls, uh, the rest of them up to Final Fantasy VI, up to and including VI, yeah. uh, were all released on Game Boy Advance. And at some point, I owned all of them. Well, three wasn't. Three was not. You're right. You're three right. was released on DS. It was remade on DS. Right. Four, five, and six are all on GBA. Right. But my point is, I, I played them all and get them all confused now in yeah. my head because they were all on the same system. I own Final Fantasy VI on Game Boy Advance. Okay. So I do want to play it there. I think that's an iconic one. Now I I know with Final Fantasy VI on Game Boy Advance, it was made before the backlit SP mm-hmm. came out, so they messed up the color palette to like up to work better with the unlit screen of the Game Boy Advance. Right. So you're essentially playing like a really washed out version of the game. I've heard that there are fan patches online that fix the color palettes. Oh, okay. So I could rip the ROM and then patch the ROM and then like load it onto one of my carts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I may go that route to try to get like a more visually pleasing experience i didn't actually know about that yeah uh, several dawn of souls one and two came out much later in the gba's lifespan where they don't have that problem mm-hmm. but i think final fantasy five and six on game boy advance do have that issue gotcha um good to know i didn't know that um i enjoy those games on game boy advance but i prefer to play them on consoles when i can like the playstation one compilation discs yeah stuff. well i think the I think the PS1 and the PSP versions of those games are like based on the Game Boy Advance versions. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So I think they are maybe probably enhanced a little more. I think Final Fantasy Origins or was it? That's what it is. The Origins collection is based on the GBA. Okay. So there are three other compilation discs on PS1 that also feature, I know the first two at least. Yeah. Uh, uh, Those had to have come out before Donna Donna Souls for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, um, maybe I'm thinking of just the PSP release. Well, there. Origins was also on PS1. Oh, okay. Um, and that one, you're probably right about. Okay. Um, I know, yeah, I know, uh, actually, I saw them a book off Final Fantasy 1 and 2 for PSP, were like physical releases, mm-hmm. standalone for PSP. And that, but they must have been the Japanese release or something? I, I think so. Okay. I think it was. Yeah. Um, they're in English, but okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough to speak definitively on <laughs> what you saw. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been enjoying uh, playing them on my playing Final Fantasy two. I'm planning on finishing this so that way I can say I've beat Final Fantasy one, Final Fantasy sixteen, and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy two. I really do think I want to play more. I want to go back and play a lot of the older Final Fantasy games. That's a good way to be. Yeah, I I think it's kind of shameful. Right. <laughs> to just constantly keep moving forward with new games. Yeah, and, I, I want to explore the old... And I have access to a bunch of them already, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't cost me anything to go play them. Right, exactly. Um, so why the heck not? That's almost all I do, and occasionally I'll buy a new game. Yeah. You know me. Um, um, I think that about covers me so far. Yep. We're about 30 minutes in. So, Rick, what have you been playing, buying? So now with the PlayStation Portal in my hand, I have been flipping on my PS5 again. Nice. Um, playing Honkai Star Rail. I've, I've, I've spent about 10 hours on it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, dinking around. Okay. You know, not even really All right, 10 so hours of hard. After weeks of discussing Rick starting this game, mm-hmm. it's finally happened. I have done it. I've gotten up to, well, past the point of, you know, your character being switchable. and Okay. Uh, I used one of the void tickets that I had okay. uh, to bring in a new character already. Okay. I'm at the point still where I'm not going to be spending any money okay that's subject to change if sure. i feel differently about it honestly yeah you you don't really need to are you at the point where like most of the systems have now kind of unlocked yes like you can wish or you can uh not wish they call it warp warp yeah you can warp for characters yes. now right i i've already done that a couple okay. times so i mean there's definitely and then you get, like, the currency that you can convert into, like, warps, right? Right. Um, the credits, I think it's called, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it... Uh, they're, like, these little crystals. Oh, you're right. Uh, I'm forgetting the term, but... Yeah, I'm forgetting the term about. right now. It's yeah. just embarrassing. Uh, um, so, my question is, now there's, like, a, a new player warp, where it's, like, you warp 40 times, and then you're guaranteed to get, like, a five-star character. Okay. Have you... Then you should be focusing all of your warps on that. Got it. Okay. Um, so, like, whenever you get that currency, whenever you get, like, warp tickets from quests, and, like, I think right now, the new patch just came out when you started playing. Mm-hmm. I think, if you, like, as you log in each day, they're giving, like, one to two, like, warp tickets. 
right. um, every day. And you have like the whole patch to log in like seven or eight times to get those 10 free tickets. Okay. So I do recommend, you know, you try to check in. I, all the online service stuff was a little overwhelming at first to look at. You know, I mean, it's weird. There is no, like, multiplayer with this game. Right. But it is, you do have to be connected to the internet. Now, there is a a component where you can essentially, like, borrow one of your friend's characters mm-hmm. and, like, use them on your team for certain activities, certain repeatable activities. Got it. To, like, farm materials and things like that to upgrade your characters. Um, so I did send you a friend request cause I saw that you had, Oh, okay. So when you do that, you can start using the character I have set for like friend use. Oh, that's what that your... is. I set some stuff up. Okay. I, I saw that page and just set it up. Yeah. It kind of explained that now it makes sense now that you explained yeah, it. Yeah. Now like if you, you're borrowing my character for certain activities, like it'll help you breeze through some of that stuff Got it. and help you like more efficiently use your your like energy allotment okay um so i what stands out to me the most is the battle system which i do like it's a straightforward turn-based rpg which is something i'm looking for yeah i like that i can now experience that in you know modern technology you don't see traditional turn-based games very much not really yeah Um, everyone's trying to reinvent the wheel so much now I think the well, obviously the Shin Megami Tensei games are still that way. They are, um, but aside from Dragon Quest, yeah, Dragon Quest is still that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, there are a few franchises that are still that way, but they're few. But and we get a new Dragon Quest main series game right. like once a decade now. So right, um, so you know, and Dragon Quest. Oh, I don't know. No, Star Ocean went real time. Yeah. Uh, Star Ocean has always been real time. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, but um, being able to play Honkai Star Rail, it's not anything like it doesn't look and feel like Dragon Quest at all. Right. It's in space. Right. It's a space fantasy, which is just very different. Have you left the space station yet? No. I'm okay. actually in the plaza area with all the researchers, oh, running around okay, talking gotcha. to them, finding documents. I know that in the early areas of that space station, I missed a document. There was one point where you have to split and go left or right, mm-hmm. and it turns out I just went the way that the story progression goes, yeah, and never went the other right, way. Right, and I'm still regretting that. Still, you can go me. back. You're not like oh, blocked really? from revisiting that at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean the game may trying to be lead you so. You're probably getting close to the point where you're going to board the Astral Express. Oh, right. And you're going to head to your first destination. There's already been talk of it. Yeah. Um, the uh, the lady that I'm playing as at the moment uh-huh. happens to be the commander uh-huh. or the engineer or whatever, conductor okay. of that. Himiko? Himiko, yeah. Just the red hair? Yes. Okay, so our... Are, have you obtained that character? Uh, or, or is it just like letting you use her? It's letting part? me use her as a trial character. Oh, okay, gotcha. I want to obtain her. I obtained the other one with the pink hair, Astra or something. Asta. Asta. Okay. Um, so you haven't got a five star. So yeah, you no. like I said, you want to focus your warps on... It probably had you use a warp as like a demonstration. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the first time right. you did one. It, did, it like it forced did. you into doing it. Right. Um, but when you get to the point where you can use your warps 
focus on that new player banner where it says 40 times and you're guaranteed a five-star character. Okay. There's like a base roster of five-star characters, and Himiko is one of them. Okay. Um, so you, once you do, do your 40 warps, you maybe you get lucky and you get her. So one question I have is, is the star rating? No, I've... Obviously, there's only two. It's almost silly. You have four star characters and you have five star characters. There is no one, two, three star character. Okay, interesting. So, four star characters um, are not without their uses. There's some really good four star characters, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, generally speaking, the five star characters are going to be more desirable. Now, not all characters are like damage dealing strong characters some of them act as support some of them can be healers some of them can be shielders Mm -hmm. there's like you know like you can play this is like an interesting you're used to having a healer right in games this game you can get away with not having a healer if you have like a shielder type of character who can provide like a shield buff to the whole party Mm -hmm. um so there's a there's a lot of ways to the combat does get more involved over time oh um, you definitely it gets more challenging. I mean, it's already fairly involved. Yeah. Um, you have the ultimates. You have the uh, other skills, mechanics, the and skills, then the basic attack. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the matchup type matchups and stuff like that. The strengths, weaknesses, weakness breaks, yeah. all that kind of crazy oh, yeah. stuff. And then there's uh, like damage over time characters. There's mm-hmm. follow up attack characters. It's uh, not the most like I don't want to say convoluted, but complex. Uh, turn-based mechanics I've ever experienced. No. Um, but it it doesn't lack. Right. You know, it doesn't it's, feel... It's engaging. Right. Eventually, if you play long enough, your characters will become well-equipped and well-developed that, like, you can run a lot of content on the auto mode. Mm, okay. I they're, like, I think you hit L1. Some battles is restricted. You can't do it if they're, like, story-related. Makes sense. Um, but for some, like, repeatable content and just, like, generic trash mobs out in the game, you can just kind of set it to auto, and it'll it'll play for you. Now, the AI is not going to be as smart as a real player. Obviously. In some cases, it is pretty smart. In other cases, it's pretty dumb. Right. Um, so you have to kind of overcompensate, overcompensate the AI's dumbness with like really geared up and beefed up characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at that point with a, a lot of the content in the game. I can run it on auto, um, but uh, you know I, sometimes I just want to play. You know mm-hmm. I don't want to just watch the game play. Right. You yeah. Because but... I do find the combat fun. Um, I already noticed that the scope of the story looks pretty huge. Um, like there's gotta be a lot of like you're, you're talking about these documents that you're finding, Right. like this company, they go hard on lore. Yeah. Like really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into reading like documents and books and things inside the game, there is a lot of that there for you. I like that they're collectible and you can read them anytime you want. You don't have to stop what you're doing or stop playing to read a bunch of text. Um, Now, I I have to talk about that kind of the elephant in the room, that being this live service game. Mm -hmm. Um, It's distracting. You know, it's not not there. You know, it does kind of distract me a little bit. And it makes me feel like, whereas when I'm playing a Final Fantasy game... I'm, I go hard on completion. I go hard on getting every item, mm-hmm. constantly thinking about my save file, etc. Here, there is no save file, because you don't own the game. 
Well, it's and, just always it's, saving. Right. It's, but like it is just gonna, it's gonna go away. Right. And that sticks in your mind for me, sure. At least like, and so I'm, I'm fighting myself constantly. About, if I can do anything to assuage your fears, it would be that like. Out of a lot of live service games, this is one I don't think you have to worry about it vanishing anytime soon. I'm not worried about it. I have a feeling that, like, they will come... If it gets to a point where they're like, okay, this game has run its course, Mm -hmm. they'll make sure it it wraps up. You know? Like, they're not just gonna, like, oh, you know, the game's over, we never saw the conclusion. I understand all that, and I, I can see the passion... That these this developer puts into their games, Genshin mm-hmm. Impact included, um, I'm not worried about it closing. You know, when it closes, I'm worried about the fact that it does at some point. Right, and that plays with my mind as a completionist RPG right. fantasy type of guy. Yeah, this is one game where you you will just have to let go Uh, you know one thing i do wonder about both of these games Mm -hmm. more so genshin impact is like there is when the game is done and they've like completed the story or whatever their end goal is for the game Mm -hmm. they should convert it into an offline game yeah like there is an immense amount of content they could charge 60 dollars for the experience at the end Mm -hmm. continue to make money off the game right and it there have been occasions where live service games have made that tradition to like an offline version of the game before. Mm-hmm. So it is something I do hope to see happen. Hopefully they will. With a game Genshin like this. Genshin Impact is their first, right? No, they have a mobile game and it's also available on PC called Honkai Impact 3rd. Oh, right. I, I know um, Honkai was something that existed before. Right, so like Honkai Star Rail... Well, all of Miho or all of Hoyoverse's games are set within an interconnected mm-hmm. universe. They've never like totally crossed each other's paths, but there are if you're a lore fiend, like there's there's stuff that you can infer from one thing into another and can make connections. Got you. Um, it's you know it, it is very lore heavy. Being very lore heavy, uh, I don't know if this is a me thing or if it's just people in general. Wrapping your head around everything in the beginning of the game. I agree. I remember when I started Star Rail, I was like, whoa, there's so much, like, words that are just not making any sense to me. Yeah, and you don't retain it, Yeah, you know, and it comes up later and maybe you then remember it. So, what, when I really started caring about the story was when I, when we, when I, when the when the player is taken to the first like world mm-hmm. outside of the space station. Okay. Because each world has its own kind of self-contained story that you're like there to help with. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's little threads of like the, the main character's personal story kind of interwoven within the world story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I find that the individual world stories are like more digestible. Right. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, I felt the same way. I remember, like, they're saying all these crazy words, and mm-hmm. I was like, speaking a foreign language to me right now. Right. It's good to know, though, that, like, it gets... I think it gets better. I think yeah. it gets a lot better. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more. Uh, definitely, 
I'm liking it. I think it's fun. Um, it's going to be a challenge for me to pull myself away and see this as just a fun hobby as an RPG. Not the games, all games aren't, but you know, I'm not taking it seriously. Like yeah, that. it's it's not possible to be a completionist. Yeah, like you would be. Yeah, bankrupting I, char- yourself. Characters in particular i'm not even like considering that i don't know i'm just talking about like documents and all the right i don't know if you've like looked at the character kind of information screen Mm -hmm. like you know you see their equipment and things like that right um there's this section of like the character information screen called eidolons right i saw that and there's like these like six circles that are like kind of grayed out Uh um and when you obtain like a duplicate of a character, it essentially gives you the item to like unlock that like node in their like character uh, progression. Okay. And so that'll like enhance their abilities. That's how you do that. I saw all these menus. Kind of like Fire Emblem Heroes, where if you get like a duplicate, you can kind of like feed it into. Convert it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, but like that's the thing where people can get like trapped, where it's like, because five star characters they're like hard to get mm-hmm. and so now all of a sudden you get your new five star character are all characters available in five star and four star or are no, some... some characters are only four star and some characters are five star okay. we have seen the case of a character who started out as four star has a an alternate version of themselves let's say mm-hmm. for story reasons that is a five star limited character okay yeah Got it. So there are standard five-star characters that you can always have the potential to get. And then there are limited five-star characters that appear every patch. Okay. And then, like, once that limited five-star has their three weeks in the sunshine, they get sent to the Disney vault Mm -hmm. for, you know, however long until the developer decides to trot them out again and make them available. Got it. Kind of like Fire Emblem Heroes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... All right, well, yeah, I mean, I have to do a lot of comparing it to Fire Emblem Heroes because that's kind of my experience. With... There's some similarities in terms of, like, character progression, for sure, right. with Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, so looking forward to playing more Honkai Star Rail. The story seems really interesting, even though I'm not picking up on it completely. <laughs> right. Um, but moving on to... Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the Teal Mask. Uh, started it finally because I was meaning to, but getting distracted with seven star raids and mass outbreaks and stuff. Okay. Trying to catch up, you know. Finally, I was just like, you know, forget all that. I'm just going to go start it. Yes, it's and, time. And I. Because you only you have less than a month now until the second DLC right, comes out. Right. And you're required to have beaten the main game and the first DLC in order to access the second DLC. Makes sense. Um,. I'm pretty well into it now. Uh, I've done two of the Stein posts, saw the, the festival thing and everything. Actually found the third signpost before I got to the second signpost. Have you been interacting with the photographer character yet? Yeah, she's already off in the woods. Okay, you haven't engaged with her yet? Not yet. Okay. She has, like, her little storyline and what, like, happens with her is, it like... It seems like it's going to lead to a paradox pokemon versa luna i mean i'm not gonna say what it is but oh, like okay. it's it's one of my favorite moments of the dlc oh, okay. yeah. yeah um and it leads to a cool surprising thing so i hope uh 
I would say put off the third signpost. Go do that before you continue oh, okay. the rest of the story. All right. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. I'll do that. Like, it doesn't impact the story in any way. It's just kind of a side quest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm loving that I can just catch anything and feed it a, a, a rare candy and just evolve it. Yeah. Because everything's, like, level 60. Right. It's great. <laughs> I, know. I love so that. It's like Hound Hour. Okay, here you go. Right. And uh, completing the Pokedex is pretty easy that way. You just catch... I'm kind of doing a living Pokedex with this for whatever reason okay. I decided to do that. Um, just just the Pokemon that are new, right? To yeah, I, I I caught most of them before, and then when I finished the DLC, I figured out which ones I was missing, and then I just transferred over those last five from home or whatever, gotcha. just to have the complete Pokedex. Um, but uh, yeah, I did the same thing. I was catching everything new. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to just transfer everything from home. That's boring. Right. Like yeah. I want to engage <laughs> with the content. Exactly. Um, I already found like. I think six shinies. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's great. Any uh, new ones you needed? I needed another shiny nose pass to get a probo pass. Okay. Um, There's look. a fair amount of Gen 5 stuff in this DLC. Right, that, I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, I did run into a Noctowl outbreak and did that real fast okay. while I was doing the story stuff. Um, that one I didn't have either. Okay. Um the rest are duplicates. Okay. But, uh, yeah, f- less than five minutes into the game, Shiny Poochiena just runs nice. up to me. Like, just, yeah. That feels good. Yeah, oh yeah. When you're not trying to find a Shiny, and yeah. you just come across just one, walk into it's it. like a natty Shiny, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it's even better when you have to look real close, <laughs> and then realize that you found one. I mean, that's my least favorite. Yeah. Because then I'm just constantly paranoid that I'm running past shiny Pokemon. That... Yeah, it scares you a little bit. Yeah. And you know you are. Oh, you yeah. Are. You are. You just have to accept that it's happening <laughs> right. now. Um, but I, I'm i really into the vibe and the aesthetic. Uh, it's very contrast to Palbea. Right. You're, you're in like a, a Japanese... It feels very Johto, you know. It does, the... yeah. It's, it's not set in an existing region it's described as being its own little tiny region essentially kitakami um i know with dlc 2 it's set at this school that has this crazy underwater like fake biome thing it reminds me of something out of sun and moon when they had that research facility yeah Uh, so it's at it's set off the coast of unova mm -hmm. they've said which is interesting that is interesting yeah um, so I'm expecting some Gen 5 cameos and maybe, I mean, we can probably infer from that that they're trying to hint that maybe Gen 5 remakes or sequels or prequels or whatever is coming next. One of the characters mentioned, I can't remember if it was the school teacher field trip leader girl uh-huh. or if it was the photographer girl, but one of them mentioned they were from Unova, I think. Yeah, that they're the Blueberry Academy. Uh, oh, that, they're all from Unova. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Is that in black and white? No. Okay. This is something new. Okay. Like, that was never referred to. But yeah, the Academy is on that, like, artificial island that's been created off the coast. Oh, okay. So that's how it's tied Unova into... is the region from the Generation 5 games. Right. Which were largely based on the United States as a sort of an inspiration. Specifically, sort of the area surrounding New York City. Right. Makes sense. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm loving that. Um, it's going great. I haven't seen any new 
Pokemon yet? Any new Gen 9 Pokemon? There's uh, aside only from, a handful. Yeah, uh, there's a big handful? No, there's... Well, you've seen the three... Just from trailers and from the, you know, story stuff, I know there's at least four new legendaries. I know about Driplin, and I know about the Mocha, Mochi... Mocha, Macha? Uh, oh yeah, Sinistra and... Uh... I can't. I, yeah, I it's, it's like it. the matcha version of Sinistee, right? Basically, and is that it? Or, or um, there's an there's I know play the photography thing. Yeah, yeah. I, there's okay. that one. There's too. something there. I know. I know. There's something there. Um, um it, there's it, nothing. So yeah, you have Diplin. I I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so you need an you need an Applin, right? Which you can catch in Kikami. What do you get it, or what do you give it? For? There's a there's a specific vending machine you'll find in the game that has an item that oh, okay. you can get it to turn into Diplin. Got it. And Diplin is rumored. You know, I don't have a source or anything, but there's mm-hmm. this person has been right about a lot. Seems to be in the know for whatever reason about Pokemon developments. Right. Maybe they have someone who works in marketing or whatever. Is this the same person that broke? Uh... Uh, stuff about uh, no, 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 Goldango no. way back before Scarlet uh, and Violet. Maybe I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, supposedly Diplin is also maybe gonna evolve. Right, and then they maybe yeah. I know we I mentioned a rumor about like that Applin's three evolutions would converge on a single new Pokemon, but have a different form for each one. I don't know right. if that's still the going rumor, okay. but it seems to be definitely for sure that Diplin has an evolution. Okay, um, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll know for sure in about three weeks' time when the second DLC drops. So you need a couple of extra shiny Applins now. Yeah, I do definitely. Um, so that's about all I have for that. I'm loving it. Want to keep playing? Um, I'm gonna keep playing. Actually, got really hooked and spent way too long uh, one particular day playing. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to the second DLC and looking forward to finishing this one. Okay. Um, real quick before, honestly, maybe one of the best stories in this DLC: mm-hmm. the two characters that you're in, Kieran and um, what's the girl's name? Oh, Car- Carmine. Carmine. Um, they're really good, especially watch Kieran's character development. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing he's already taken on the rival role, right? A bit, and I'm I'm just gonna say he might end up being one of the best rivals in Pokemon in a long time. Really, you As... know, for years we've had these like very friendly rivals, mm-hmm. and we're getting we... something a little more interesting. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um. So. I, yeah, he 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 raised suspicions with me early on because yeah. I'm good at foreshadowing these kinds right. of things, I guess. Uh, and yeah, he seems fixated on the ogre, ogre pond, you know, yeah. the ogre pond, and just there's something going on with him. Yeah, you know, I knew that. I mean, by the end of the DLC, it's almost like you're like, wow, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, because. <laughs> He just keeps getting the shaft, man. Oh. Um, and yeah, there's some cool. There's almost like a little like post. Not really. There's no credits for the DLC, but there's sort of like a after the story's concluded, you're kind of given like a little 
peek at what's going on inside his head. In the beginning, when you first choose what partner you're going to go with right. in the story, um, <laughs> I was thinking that if I selected no to battle him, I would get Car- Carmine. Okay. Is that... That's not the case, I don't right? think. I think no matter what, you still end up having with, to battle with, him. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, great stuff. Um, so I just real quick, recently... Uh, purchased something, not a game, but I was at, uh, TJ Maxx, actually. TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. My boy shops at TJ Maxx. Underrated <laughs> store. Um, I mean... You're not a Ross guy, you're more of a TJ Maxx guy? I'm... I like Ross, too. Oh, okay. This is actually the first time I've ever been to a TJ Maxx. All right. Or at least that I can remember. So this has um, been a, pot, a really good experience just, for you. Just something I happened to grab while there. Okay. Um, these drinking glasses, I saw them. Uh, they were four ninety nine, so I grabbed them. Okay, so what we're seeing here are uh, like pint glasses, mm-hmm. essentially. One of them is Super Mario, and it's got like the underwater level with all the cheap cheeps and bloopers. Yep, uh, old like Super Mario. I think that's Super that's like, Mario Brothers one. Yeah, it's the OG. Yeah, it looks very cool. World two two. It says at the top. Yep. And then we've got another one here that has the PlayStation logo and then the triangle circle X square. Yeah. Or cross, I should say. Cross. The official designation yeah. is cross. You can't say X. No. That's a Nintendo button. Oh, these are the boxes they yep. came I in. I brought the boxes just to show you. Just show and tell. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so <laughs> so I, how, how do you feel about this? I think it's a little cheap. I think it's a little... Yeah. Can't really dishwash it. Um, they... These were put out by Paladone. I mean, these look like they contain cancer. Mm. You know, okay. with this printing on the outside. <laughs> right. Like, it's like a plastic... Well, let, yeah, let's see right here. It says, not suitable for dishwasher and microwave use. Right. So... Just meaning that this screen... I would not drink or eat anything out of this. <laughs> gotcha. They make for a nice little display, you know, mm-hmm. a nice little dust collector. Right. Or the box, just leave them in the box, maybe. Yeah, I probably will. That, that's where they're going to go, is back in the box. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, definitely, you're right. Yeah, it looks like something got, like, heat glued to them or something. Mm-hmm. Like, something got printed. I mean, the fact that they yeah, have a scene, exactly, that, like, hurts it. <laughs> that really screams, like, we didn't go all out for this Right, one. yeah, this is a cheap product. Yeah, um, but still and, cool. And they were cheap. Um, I just saw them as licensed products that I needed to have. Um, but Imagine, you need every single licensed product ever created. I'm not that crazy. Um, but when I do see something, I usually try to pick it up if it's like four ninety nine. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's um, not... I mean, that's the price of everybody wants to switch. Right. I pay for it. That's what you paid for. That's not the price of it. Right. Well, for both, you could have gotten everybody want to switch instead. That's true. I could have. But I wasn't at GameStop. No, you weren't. You were at TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. And when at TJ Maxx, you, you know, take what you can get. Right, exactly. Um, But yeah, just some kind of interesting that I found. I'm telling you, there's definitely a Prop 65 warning on that. Oh, I I imagine. I'm not using them. They're going back in the box. Yeah, put them back in the box. Which is then going to go in another box. Exactly. Which will then go in another box. And then after you're dead, your friends and family will dump it into a bin. Right. And then it'll go to a wide Unless open it's space. in a museum someday. Yes, because your TJ Maxx 
That's right. Buying it's glasses. Part of video game history, technically. Yeah. You can't deny. You're gonna that. need a real big building to hold all of video game history. <laughs> oh yeah. So much merchandise. <laughs> it's a lot of merchandise. But yeah, just uh, didn't buy anything else this week. That's cool though. Um, all right, so whew, we've been going for a bit. Just so you know, guys, this is intended to be. Uh, hopefully a short episode but maybe a little long um we're gonna record two episodes today we should mention mm-hmm. um rick's out of town next week yep um so we're gonna do two back-to-back episodes um so if this one's a little long i can promise you the first one will be short because we won't have anything to talk about when we're you know talking about games we've been playing yep you mean the next one will be short? yeah the next one will be short episode zero one zero milestone episode yeah pre-recorded love pre-recorded it. you gotta love the start <laughs> pre-recorded milestone episode good stuff um just happened that way uh but i want to talk about what i've been up to mm-hmm. um i went to a pretty big event last or this past weekend um it was the genshin impact concert in los angeles and I have some notes that I want to make sure I mention. Um, so it was in Los Angeles at the Peacock Theater on November 19th. I got down into the area pretty early because the LA Auto Show was going on. And there was a Laker game that night. So I knew it was mm-hmm. going to be a mess in downtown LA. That's the kind of planner that you are. You look yes. up what else is going on in the area. Right, because I don't want to be the guy who's trying to show up 30 minutes before the concert starts. And, and trying to find parking. And his SOL, right. you know? like, And then they're an hour late to the show. Like, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be that guy. That's embarrassing if you're that guy. No offense. <laughs> I'm, I'm none taken. I usually stick with you. Okay, that's true, yeah. You give me crap for it sometimes. I do. When I get you there early, but... Sometimes <laughs> and it, it was pays pointless. Off. Yeah, sometimes it's pointless to get there as early as we do, but other times, you know, it saves the day. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I'd rather get there early and do what I want to do than get there late and not. Do and and the nine times that it was pointless, you know, is made up for by the by one that time. one time where right. we would have missed out on something extraordinary. Exactly. You know? I agree. Um. So yeah, the Genshin Impact concert. Um, first, I want to say performances were wonderful. No complaints mm-hmm. at all with that. Um, it was a pretty long show, a lot longer than I expected. There were two intermissions. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, it started about 30 minutes late because I think because they knew how many people had still not gotten into the theater yet. Mm-hmm. And the merch. Oh, yeah. There was merch, and a lot of people were prioritizing merch over the show itself. Uh. So this is... My my criticisms of this concert are mostly with the attendees. Okay. So me... I brought my girlfriend. We got in our seats. You know, we got inside the theater shortly after 6 when doors opened. And we made sure to find our seats and, you know, hang out there. Because, uh, you know, the concert's supposedly starting at 7. Didn't end up starting till almost 7.30. Real quick, how long did it go total? It started at 7.30 and it let out around 10 o'clock. Wow. So okay. about two and a half hours with two 15-minute intermissions. Gotcha. Um, and so when the concert finally began, um, 
I would say there was only about 60% of people in their seats. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so before the first intermission, there were so many people walking into the dark theater, trying to find their seats, interrupting people who were sitting there and enjoying the show and going, hi, what aisle is this? Yeah. You know, what number of seat are you? Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm just like... Are you guys for real? Mm-hmm. These Do are the... you have any idea how to behave? And meanwhile, they got all these like tchotchkes in their hands, <laughs> right? Yeah, all their merch. and they're making all this noise with all the crap in their hands yeah. because they—that's more important to them than being there and then interrupting people who mm-hmm. are enjoying an orchestra show, right? Yeah, something classy, high art. These are the kinds of people that play the gotcha games like Genshin Impact. Yeah, unfortunately, I think most of these people have probably never been to this kind of a show. Their parents have probably never tried to give them an appreciation for this kind of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though it's the music that they love from the game, like, I just, I just... I, I don't know if they think they're showing up to, like, a K-pop concert or something. Right. You know, but Some this is not Ariana that. Grande. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the merch people getting to their seats late. I mean, I saw people on their phones. Like, the lights were out, and they're, like, playing Genshin Impact. Mm-hmm. Like, on, wow. their, on their double-screen phone, you know? What? Their foldable phone. You're... Oh, wow. I'm That's... not even joking. The that dude would... looked like he was in his 40s. Oh, and I was like, my girlfriend, she got out of her seat because he was across the aisle from us, like a few aisles in front, or a few rows in front of us across the aisle. And we were sitting at the end of the aisle. And uh, she gets up and goes over to him and is like, I'm sorry, can you, can you close your phone? And he's got it at like max brightness too. Wow. You know? So yeah, that was like, it was crazy. Before the first intermission, it was just a nonstop barrage of people trying to find their seats. So the first, like, 40 minutes of the show were kind of... It got to a point where I just had to close my eyes and just listen to the music (laughs) because there were so many visual distractions happening around me. Oh, my God. That it really got in the way. Just because people didn't show up on time, they don't do research, Mm -hmm. they don't look into what's going on in downtown L.A., or it was more important for them to buy a $35 T-shirt than it was to enjoy the music that right. they paid, you know, $100 to go listen to. Very, very much the wrong kind of art for the wrong kind of audience, it yeah. feels like. I mean, and then, and then you know, there's a visual component to the concert, too. Beyond the performers, there's, like, a, a big screen above the performers that plays, like, clips and things that are synchronized to the music, right? Right. We saw that at the Zelda 20th yeah, anniversary right. concert. But, but people weren't sitting there playing Zelda while the thing's going on. No, I mean, maybe there was someone, dude. We don't right. know. Right, I mean... But I happen to see someone playing Genshin. But um, people were like, oh my, like their favorite character came on screen. <gasps> yeah. Like, you'd, yeah. you'd hear, like, the whole room, like, Everyone's got to express... When their waifu or their husbando, like, right. appeared on the screen, you know? And, and when I, I say everybody, it wasn't everybody. You know, it's the the vocal minority of people. Right, but enough of them. Enough of them that it impacts everyone's enjoyment. To to create a cohort of... of, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that was like... Stop squealing, people. Right. Like an anime fan on prom night, okay? This... That's... I hate it when people do that in the movies. 
Like in the theaters. Yeah. This is like a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, like, there's like a hundred people on stage performing for you. Mm-hmm. You don't make a noise. Right. Until the conductor, right. you know, finishes the song. Remember when the Zelda concert happened and then Nintendo made some opinion comments about it yeah. after the fact? One of their criticisms, or not criticisms, but one thing they mentioned was they didn't like the applause you know, that well, we were some people were applauding too early. Right. Like the song wasn't actually finished, and people were like already clapping. But that seems very tame compared to what you're describing. I mean, thankfully there wasn't as much of that. People were pretty good about like waiting for the composer to like signal that the song had like mm-hmm. you know been finished. Right. Um. So that was nice. Um. Because yeah, there definitely were a couple moments where like. The audience could have started applauding because they thought it would have been the end of the song, but they didn't. So I was grateful for that. I will say it did get way better. After the first intermission, there was not nearly as much, like nowhere near as much of like people like (laughs) trying to find their seats and stuff like that. It was like the more acceptable kind that you would expect to see. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get an occasional person that's got to go run to the bathroom. They have an emergency or something. This is this is kind of in a way feels like the difference between what would be a mainstream title and what would be a niche title. I feel like with more of a niche title events like this are just I don't know people are more educated. I don't right. know. I don't yeah. know. How I mean you... when you have something like Zelda, I mean Genshin Impact, you, there's an argument to be made that it's big. Really, it's it's really very big. big. It's like, very big. Like it's, It may it's not a, have the longevity of Zelda, but like it's probably, in this moment, equally as big as a Zelda right. franchise. Yeah, in terms of like players and stuff. Yeah. Like it's big. A lot of people yeah, play it. So I don't know if as many people play it as Fortnite, or if it's comparable that way. I'm not sure. But it's feels as big as, as that. You know, I really thought a lot of these problems could have been remedied by the venue. Mm-hmm. Why were they even letting people in while the performance was ongoing? <laughs> right. Like, I've been at places before where I leave the venue and I have to wait outside until there's a pause, there's an intermission, there's something like that mm. going on. Was that how the Kingdom Hearts concert was? Um, you know, for the Kingdom Hearts concert, I was sitting so up close to the front that, yeah. like, there was all of else. that was behind me, you Got know? It. So it's like, I didn't, you know, it didn't even, like, phase me there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I really don't have a good answer to that one. Because I had, I bought the, the premium tickets for the Kingdom Hearts concert so I could meet uh, Yoko Shimamura, the composer. Gotcha. Oh, speaking of composers, was he there? Uh, Yu Peng Chen was not there. There were no special guests. Um, the composer actually uh, became freelance just a month or two ago. So oh. he's no longer working exclusively for them. Mm-hmm. So he's no longer an employee. You know, kind of like a Final Fantasy's longtime composer also eventually went, free, Uematsu. went freelance. And he continues to do occasional music for the games, mm-hmm. but... Largely, he's not as involved as he used to be. He usually, in modern Final Fantasy titles, has does like a track for like right. the credits or something. Yeah. I mean, or, or in the case of Fifteen, when um, Sakaguchi had his little side quest that his uh, team developed. Yeah. I think Uematsu scored that. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because he did the music for Terra Battle. Right. Um. So yeah, I do feel like. The, the venue staff could have played a larger part in 
making that right. less of a problem or rip, only letting the... like one person or one group in like every you know minute or so right. rather than just like hundreds of people all trying to find their seat at the same time and being really obnoxious about it right just keeping the riffraff mitigated enough yeah. to not distract the real audience from enjoying the show so when it came to the concert itself um if i had any criticism of it is that there was no mc no master of ceremonies mm -hmm. there was no one kind of guiding mm -hmm. the audience through it it was just no one talking just the conductor shows up on stage and the music begins right usually there is some kind of dialogue with the audience exactly like in, whether it's the conductor mm -hmm. or like someone else they should have been there like now you know setting the mood setting the scene like getting people like in the right headspace describing right. what we're about to experience you know right um i feel like you usually see that at these kinds of things so it was kind of a little confusing um, and okay. that was something I didn't really pick up on as much because I kind of knew what I was doing, mm -hmm. but like my girlfriend who's, I mean, she watches me play all the time, but she was like, why didn't they have something like that? Even when we went to, um, Nintendo live in Seattle in September, mm -hmm. um, at the Zelda orchestra concert, we went to, even though it was only 45 minutes long, they had an MC like who wasn't a performer, wasn't the conductor, like like guiding right. the audience through what was going on like a presenter yeah you know it was actually uh victor lucas who was tommy tallarico's partner on that old g4 oh show. wow no way yeah so victor That's lucas crazy. was doing it which is pretty cool the guy who did the actual work the <laughs> probably actual, <laughs> the knowing actual. everything we know about tommy tallarico <laughs> right um so, and my, my other criticism would be that there were no medleys, no new arrangements. Mm -hmm. Everything was just like the songs exactly. Just, it, almost from like the a game. like they were recording an album, like it was a sound test or sound recording. Yeah, and so I guess that was it was fine, but like I wish, I wish that whoever was in charge of selecting the music maybe would have gotten put in some extra effort right. to make some new compositions create a flow and yeah add i mean they did stuff. kind of theme the the whole concert in four pieces each focusing on one of the different like nations of the game that mm -hmm. we've experienced so far so far there's like four main regions we can explore and so like it was like the first region for the first you know 30 40 minutes and then you know so on and so forth mm-hmm um and the the parts got a little smaller near the end the two newer regions didn't have as much content as the first three regions mm -hmm. did which was a little disappointing i mean one of the regions just became available like two months ago so that one i get but uh i was confused why the fourth region didn't have more emphasis on it right got you did so w were there programs did they get give out programs? no there was no program and i hope maybe they would be selling it but they didn't but i'm glad you brought that up everybody did get something when you walked in so this is something i'll probably have to try to scan or something but i'm gonna need a flatbed scanner for mm -hmm. um it it's this really nice premium uh like ticket holder with a souvenir ticket inside mm. and it has this really cool fake like a, wax, like wax stamp. seal on it um and it opens up and melodies of an endless journey 
is what it says on the inside. And then out comes this really nice uh, ticket if you want to take a look yeah, at that. That is really cool. And if you look on the back, it's got like a holofoil finish I, to it. I like that it's like perforated. You like could you actually like... tear it if right. you were insane. That's crazy. Um, oh, I'm sure plenty of people did. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is really cool. That, yeah, that so, deserves a high resolution scan. Yeah, um, it's it, it is really nice. So yeah, I'm gonna maybe have to get my hands on a flatbed scanner. Maybe when I'm at work on a break mm-hmm. or something, I can do that. And then one other thing, everyone got. I won't take it out of the cellophane, but we all got this. Um, you got like a code that you could redeem in the game for some of the premium currency, mm-hmm. special glider that like all the characters can equip. Mm-hmm. Um, like a furniture for your home thing that you can build and work on mm-hmm. a player name card and some uh like in-game food that you can feed your character so was that four random items that you get or is it the same ones for everyone or yeah everyone these are only available at the concert so mm-hmm. if you bought a ticket to the concert you get all this for free you can also spend about $10 in game to unlock this content as well. Okay. So, but if you're going to the concert, you don't have to make that purchase in game, essentially. That makes sense. I mean, it's totally optional. None of it is like. Right. It looks like a bunch of like accessories. Mostly cos- cosmetic stuff. Right. Yeah. Purely cosmetic. I mean, the premium currency is a nice little bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, it helps you pull more characters. But it, it is kind of nice that if you didn't go to the concert, there's still a path to getting it. Exactly. Obviously, buying it as a yeah. microtransaction. I mean, I had to pay after fees. It was like $70 for one ticket. So you did pay for that. Yeah. But I mean, like, I wanted to go to the show. Right. You know? This right. is a cool extra. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, the concert, I mean, I, I might sound a little negative, but the concert was really, really good. Um, I enjoyed the performances. The performers were great. There was one particular performer. I don't know what the intro, well, I know what it's called, but I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's like a guizong, guizong. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how it's pronounced. It's like a Chinese instrument. It's like this like flatbed string instrument. Mm. And it has these little like triangles that she moves around to like make the strings go higher and down like that's how she kind of tunes it Mm -hmm. and then she plays it with these little tabs that are like taped to her fingers like thimbles or something almost yeah um and it produces that really uh twangy yeah like kind of asian twangy sound that you know um and so she got like a special little like moment to herself at the end of the show like a solo not a solo but like you know like where everyone's clapping just for her kind of a thing oh, okay gotcha. yeah because i think it is a very specialized kind of thing i wouldn't be surprised if she's traveling with the whole mm-hmm. tour you know because i don't think everyone has one of those on retainer you know right right yeah it's a very specialized niche instrument like yeah. that you know those yeah. specialists what was are... interesting is that it took like sometimes she would have to reconfigure the instrument between each piece mm. and so there would be these like 45 seconds of like silence while she just... does it and i was like this would have been the perfect time to have the mc be right. talking about like this next piece you know was her tuning this thing part of the show in a way like was no. there a light on her no no not at all <laughs> okay. you could tell everyone was just kind of like all right we just wait because this instrument requires that you know <laughs> tuning um and so, yeah, it's not something that can be done on the fly mid-song. Mm-hmm. Like, just that instrument demands right. that this time be given to her. Right. 
So yeah, that was kind of a special experience because I don't think I've ever seen that instrument played live anywhere before. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, but I think we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. So we're back from our break and uh, today's actually kind of a special episode for us because we get to do an unboxing of new hardware from PlayStation, that being the PlayStation Portal. Now I received my PlayStation Portal on the 15th, uh, the actual launch date. You got yours uh, just recently, right? Yeah, I I decided last minute FOMO kind of got me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a a brand new portal right here on my lap in box. It didn't have to do with any of my arguments for why the portal. Um, I think if we had never done this podcast and we hadn't talked about it so much, I would have stuck to my guns, which were originally like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I want a real PlayStation <laughs> portable, not this portal stuff. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, you kind of convinced me And I just thought about how often Like My girlfriend would like the TV, right? Mm-hmm. And Why not let me be the hero? Right. Give up that TV And it's no big deal for me to keep playing Remotely on something like this It's I'm enjoying having A Switchified PS5 yeah. you know? I like that Both the Playstation console And the Nintendo console Currently you can Convert it to handheld and play it like a handheld. I'm, I'm loving it. And I've, I've spent about 10 to 15 hours or so, maybe a little more, playing so far on the portal. Um, you're going to get to experience it. Actually, we did play a little bit together. Yeah, before we started recording, we, we checked out Rick's portal, and I've got some thoughts. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think there are anything that would make me want to return this, so I'm still going to open it with everyone here i did go through the liberty of taking off the seal on the side so we Mm -hmm. don't have to fiddle with that right now but uh should i just jump into this yeah let's jump in all right so it comes in this really nice uh we're gonna do this audibly audibly an audible unboxing this might be the first of its kind i don't know starting a new trend um so i'll describe it to you it's this very rectangular box like a hard rectangle yes very long rectangle yeah um and it's got the portal on the front it shows astro from uh astro's playroom which is the pre-installed game that comes on every ps5 yep um i don't really see anything that screams you must have a playstation 5 i mean it does have this uh, it says four ps5 right and in the corner it has these little symbols of wi-fi and a playstation 5 and it says required but I could see someone uninformed Buying walking that. into a store thinking this is the next PSP. Right. You know? Right. Um, that's that's a good observation. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Sony's hoping that's what happens. Yeah. Possible. And people are like, "Well, you're out of luck. You bought it and opened we it." We did print it way back here, nice <laughs> yeah. and small. Um, so let me pop this open. I'll you know maybe those of you into. What is that like? People like to listen to. Like, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking and, about. Like that ambient noise, or it's, it's got a name. I yeah. can't think of it. Anyways, you can hear those those, those flaps. sounds flapping open. So I'm gonna pull this out of the main box, and so. inside the kind of very thin outer box, we've got another box. Mm-hmm. It just slides right out. Okay. There's this little cardboard tab or this piece that kind of protects the tab of this box 
And I really like how the tab has the triangle, circle, cross, cross. and square on it. You get that right. And on the outside of the box, it says it's remote player for PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. Interesting it's not called PlayStation Portal here. Right. That they, is, yeah. They call that it is, the remote player. That is weird. It's like a sticker that they attach to the box. There's also some other stickers on the bottom of the box. Uh, it looks like your general, the contents and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I love that it has that classic Sony, Sony Interactive Entertainment, yep. that old school PS1 logo you'd see when you'd boot up any game. Yep. All right, so I'm going to pull on this little tab. It comes out just like a drawer. And now we've done with the outer or the thick box that was inside. And we have a cover. We have an, kind of another box almost. We yeah. have a cover on top of the box that slid out of the, the box. other box. <laughs> so in this this box cover um, doesn't have any stickers on it. It does have the PlayStation logo printed mm -hmm. on this little top piece. And all of these inner boxes are sort of a light gray solid yeah. light gray color. Uh, very reminiscent of like PlayStation 1 mm -hmm. gray. Right. Like it is that color. It is. Like the original PlayStation 1 console. Okay, so I've now taken off the top p the top cover of this box and inside I can see there's a USB-C cable. Mm -hmm. It looks like inside of a a little box underneath the yeah. cover of the just like sort of an attached compartment yeah i have so many usb-c cables i'm just gonna leave that leave one in that. there i don't ever need to open that up and then we've got inside of a protective uh sleeve the unit itself um so real quick i'm just gonna set that the unit aside because there's a little more there's a secret trap door mm -hmm. at the bottom of the box pull out another cover um, and it looks like it's the uh, instruction manual yeah. for the, the PlayStation Portal, which I don't think I'll need. So I'm just going to put that back in there, slide the trap door back in. All right. And now we're going to get to the unit itself. So it's coming out of this foam sleeve. Yes. And we have a cover on the screen. Yeah, let me peel that off. Okay, we've got that peeled off. Now, what is what is on there? Uh, yeah, let's let's look at this little s protective sticker. Uh, I think it's telling me to uh, plug it into power. Oh no, it's saying you press it briefly to I think turn it on. It's showing you where the power button is. Okay, but then it shows like no time has passed on this clock, so you tap it. And then it says, hold it down for, like, five seconds mm -hmm. to, I guess, like... We assume those are seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's a clock hand, and it's five seconds on the clock hand, or maybe ten seconds, I'm not sure. How do you know they're not minutes? I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine you need to hold the power button for multiple minutes. There's also some little signs on the top that kind of show you where the power button, where this connectivity button is, and the volume rocker. Yeah, it's sort of mapping out the buttons that are on the edges of the console. There's also a QR code that I guess brings up a digital version of the user guide. Right. Okay, so the unit itself, here it is. I mean, we have yours that's already mm -hmm. um, pre-installed with like software updates and things like that, yep. so... 
already. I'm gonna plug this in and charge it so I can try it out on my own console later. You are gonna have some firmware updates, and then it there's a second uh, software update for P PlayStation Link or something like that. Okay, PlayStation Link is because uh, these don't have Bluetooth, right? But they do have this new sort of proprietary connectivity thing. I think it's like a, a local internet uh, uh, kind of connectivity, like probably 2.5 gigahertz or something like that, mm -hmm. where Sony's selling these new wireless headphones as well as earbuds for like 150 and $200. Crazy. And they'll be able to pair specifically with this, mm -hmm. which to me, and I think they'll also pair with the PS5. Okay. But, like, that's all they're good for. Right. Is, like, this guy and the PS5. Yeah. So Crazy. I can't imagine dropping $200 on earbuds. I'll wait. That only connect to... I'd love to have them, but I'll wait. I mean, do you remember when you just had wired earbuds? Yeah. And they were $20? And, I mean, they did us the favor of putting... That's true. This does have an aux port. Yeah. On it. So, I mean, you can use wired head Which headphones. modern phones don't have, so yeah, I'm glad which, they did that. I know, that's a tragedy in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I'm going to set my portal aside. Let me plug it in so it can start charging. Okay, got that going. And uh, let's uh, let's let's have Rick kind of right. talk about... Uh, he, he's been using it a lot more than me, so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Rick to give us his thoughts on the portal. Yeah, so um, right away, it does take a little bit of effort to sync it up and stuff. It gives you a QR code, in fact, uh, that you then use your phone to get signed into. Oh, like your... the PlayStation app, right? Right. Okay. Right. Um, and then once you're signed in, uh, it's going to have you find your PS5 on the Wi-Fi after okay. you've connected the Internet, of course. Uh, and from there, you can just turn it on. And it actually, um, mine's, mine's actually connected right now, but it'll have this sort of screen where there's a portal. It shows a visual portal and it, uh, yeah, right there. So even though Rick is at my house right now, mm -hmm. we can still connect to his PS5 on my Wi-Fi Correct. With his PlayStation Portal, so it seems like we're doing that right now. We are, we are doing that. How's the volume? It shouldn't be too loud. I don't want to blow out the. Yeah. So I'll actually turn it. I'll put it at halfway. This is a trial run here, guys. Trial like if run. This sounds horrible. We'll never do this again. But <laughs> so it's right now. The screen is uh, playing this animation, animated screen of like a bunch of stars in a portal in the middle of the screen, while it says connecting to PS5. And my so, PS5's number. Right, so I think because your PS5 is all the way in another city from where we're at right now. I don't know how much that has a factor. I think really it's just booting up the system. Right. Um, it does about this same amount of time okay. uh, when I'm at home. Okay. Uh, but having, <laughs> we're still waiting for it to connect to the PS5. Well, let's just talk about your... So, uh... Having played this already quite a bit, I'm very, um, I'm very impressed with the screen's graphics. When you first boot it up and you first get connected for about 10 to 15 seconds, the screen's actually pretty fuzzy. Uh, don't don't let that frighten you. It's not going to look that way. Um, after that initialization, it takes on this nice crisp, uh, 
picture and yeah the, the portal's capable of a 1080 assuming the internet supports it it can do up to a 1080p picture at 60 frames per second yeah and the screen is capable of handling that i have not experienced any lag right now i got um final fantasy 15 going on um but i the game's not lagging it looks it feels 60 frames a second to me um and i'm actually pretty sensitive i can usually recognize when there's a frame rate drop um pretty quickly uh looks great it looks just like my tv except the screen is smaller and right. it's it's just nice and crisp. i mean you know a tv is all about perspective though depending mm -hmm. on how far away you're sitting from the tv like determines like how many like how big the tv actually is right you know right so like if you're sitting far away from your tv you want a big tv right but if you're sitting close to your tv you don't necessarily need a big tv this is true so this is a great size because it's not going to be more than like two feet away from you or so right and from your face so it it's it looks not, big yeah it's not yeah. different than sitting i mean this thing is big yeah it is it's wide it's wide it's yeah. the screen is a nice size i wouldn't want it to be bigger i don't yeah i, don't feel I, like. I think it's good and the weight is it feels light you know pretty light like it it has a good weight to it mm -hmm. it doesn't feel cheap right but it also doesn't feel like so heavy as right. well that you're like, oh my god, it's like hard to hold this while I'm playing. Right. It it probably I assume has, I mean there is still a computer there. You know, it's still. Yeah, I mean this thing is an Android tablet. Right. Effectively, we know that um, from uh, some documentation that you can access from the the settings menu, mm -hmm. um, and it's you know running a very custom firmware and you know running the remote play right apk of some kind probably right. um so yeah um i'm gonna go ahead and engage in uh a little bit of a battle here with some wild arabas in final fantasy 15 just so we can see how uh i'm turn the volume down a bit uh just so we can see how it kind of handles um, in a more resource intensive scenario um, so I'm just going to go ahead and warp strike these Arabas until uh, they're dead and do some Arabas are like, they, they appear to be some kind of giraffe yeah they're like a giraffe with big curled ram horns so uh, basically Rick is just being a bully right yeah, now yeah I'm just killing wildlife just <laughs> doing some blind strikes from, the, from behind but uh, I'll say, yeah, it looks pretty fluid. Like, uh, I'm I'm impressed. So we're going to go ahead and change up the combat strategy a bit, just so we can see how it uh, just handles in different scenarios. No lag yet. I haven't seen any stuttering, no, no issues. Just feels like a PS5 experience, or PS4 in this case. Um... Yeah, I don't think they ever released a PS5 version of this game. Right. Um, no, they haven't. Not that I know. I will say, we're on an ideal connection right now. There's no one else in my house or mm -hmm. my my living area streaming we, on Netflix or anything like that right now. We have the internet all to ourselves just mm -hmm. for this PS5 right now. But we should mention that this is not streaming within the same Wi-Fi connection like... 
we're we're pulling Rick's PS5 yes. from so, 20 miles away. Yeah. So so this is really impressive. This is this is true remote play here. Yeah. Um, and I should also mention that we are in an apartment complex where there is a lot of Wi-Fi getting sent mixed around. around and stuff. Yeah, it's it's solid. It works like you'd hope remote play would work. Yes. Yeah. It it feels great. But um, now you actually have like a built-in DualSense controller. Yeah. I you got all the haptics. I and really all that kind of thing. I really like the way that feels in my hands. Like I love that. It's got the grips of a controller. Uh, it's, you know, I like the Joy Cons on the Switch for their mm, purpose. Yeah, they're they're not the ergonomics are nowhere near as good with the Joy Cons. Right. Yeah. Sorry, the volume is. Those Arbas are a little loud. It, it comes up. Yeah, it changes. You know, so I turn it up and down. All right. Well, when you have a second, you can pause that. Just real quick, I'm gonna have. Just gotta finish this battle. I'm guys. gonna have have Gladio use impulse on these guys. All right, that looked really good. It looks really good. I mean, I wish if I, I wish it was an OLED screen. Mm-hmm. Because I can see that the viewing angle is isn't as good. It does look like washed out like an lcd screen it does, does it does you know? um the screen is also really reflective glass too yeah so you really see your face a lot yeah and so screen. if you're like if there's a light behind you mm-hmm. like yeah or a light shining directly on your face so do you want to try i mean I, I got to play around with it earlier so i i have some some impressions all right um Ooh, so how, how do you feel? I took about some it? notes. Let me look at the. Okay, I I definitely I really feel like it does feel really great. Um, like I said earlier, the weight is good. It's not too light, not too heavy. It's definitely big. It's definitely wide. Um, I feel like I'd be scared to take this out of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is no official like PlayStation released like carrying case or right. anything like that. Well, there um, are third. There are some third-party ones that you can get out of China right now. Uh, I ordered one for Rick and myself, which Uh, you you owe me $13. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, for me, I think it's going to mostly be used at home. I don't know that I would travel with this. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's big. It is big. Uh, Yeah, like, that would take up a huge chunk of space when, like, a hard travel case. Well, I I will for sure be taking it with me on my trip. Oh, that's right, yeah. You are leaving next week, so, So, and Which is going to be kind of a new experience, too, for us, because I'll be able to play it in a different state Mm -hmm. and just see if there's any difference. can report back, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that this thing won't connect to, like, hotel Wi-Fi. Really? Or, like, Wi-Fi that requires, like, an internet browser to open. And like accept the terms and conditions. Okay. I don't, which is seems like a really big oversight mm-hmm. on PlayStation's part. So I don't know if that's something they're hopefully going to be able to patch into the system. Yeah, I mean, when you're traveling, you're usually staying in a hotel. Yeah. So, and most hotels require you to like sign into a website and like an agreement, punch in your room number or anything like that. Mm. So you won't be, if you're staying at a hotel on your trip, which I don't think you are. No, I'm not. I'm staying with my mom. Um, then yeah, you're kind of out of luck. That's something worth noting. If you're like someone who travels a lot for work and you're in hotel rooms a lot, unfortunately this device is not going to work. I guess you could connect to the internet on your phone. And then create like a mobile hotspot mm-hmm. from their Wi-Fi, 
and kind of yeah. get around it. But then you're just adding one more right. link in the chain. Right. Um, and yeah, all of that is streaming through your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, if you're on the, I mean, yeah, you want to have your phone plugged in. Otherwise it'll burn yeah. oh, through yeah. your battery. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I, I read over the week. Uh, and what, what were they thinking? With the position of the yeah. so, the charging yeah. port and so, the auxiliary port. So uh, yeah, I feel the same. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's so the uh, um, the USB C port is in the back, in the middle, underneath this sort of slanted lip. Yeah, that's going on, um, separating I guess the internals from the screen, and it just is the most inconvenient spot. If you're in the dark, good luck plugging this thing in. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, you will need the light on, and you'll have to be really careful to make sure you don't scuff up the back of your portal mm-hmm. with your, your power cable. Right, yeah. You will get all kinds of scratches. and Yeah. You know, I mean, it might just be something you have to accept is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I, I, I'm almost tempted to, like make a little sticker or something with a cutout just to protect that area yeah that might not be like put a piece of tape like right here so you don't scratch right. that back area right or just across here and then cut out the a hole for the right yeah that whole area yeah yeah um that's actually a good idea I'm yeah do that i yeah we should <laughs> i got some that. painter's tape i could use um and uh, you know we we have a few just kind of okay i do, i want to talk about um the the controller feel like yeah it is like the dual sense controller mm-hmm. yes one thing i will say is while it has the same feel as a dual sense you don't hold or at least i don't hold the portal the same way i'd hold a dual sense controller How- with a dual sense controller um i don't have the the sides of the controller pushed all the way into my palm mm-hmm. the way i i kind of feel like i have to do with the portal oh okay like i kind of have like a more relaxed fit i see and when you're holding it like upwards like this when you're looking at it mm-hmm. i feel like in order to really secure it you have to get it all the way in your palms mm-hmm. um and so maybe i just need to find like find a good position but i feel like it has made um, like it's a little more challenging for me to access the buttons and the thumbsticks at the same time mm. that I'm used to when I'm just holding a regular PS5 controller. I haven't noticed that experience, but you might be you might be right. That might affect me as well. Uh, I have noticed that sometimes using the D-pad doesn't feel as natural as it does. Yeah, it's like when I usually have a DualSense controller in my hand, the PS5 controller, it's just in my lap. Mm-hmm. And like my hands are in my lap, right. and I'm holding it. I'm you not... have to hold it differently because it's the screen is there, right? So it's like I'm holding it more like this. Like it's not pushed all the way up against the sides of my hand, right? Um, so it is a more relaxed control. Whereas with this, I you know the you want to hold the whole unit kind of up in front of your face. I mean, I guess you could have it in your lap and just look down at it. So right. Um, if if you're sitting, yeah. If you're laying, though, exactly, you're going to be holding it up, right? Um, now, what I've noticed, and maybe this is why it, I haven't noticed what you're noticing. I kind of hold it down here a little bit in my palms, hmm. so my thumbs oh. and fingers reach the buttons a little okay. differently. I, uh, 
yeah, like I said, I think I might have to try to, when I finally get around to using mine, I'll have to, you know, find a good, comfortable place for me to rest it in my hand. Because, yeah, it feels a little funny. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed the the sticks uh, on the device, they, they don't have... They have more give. Mm-hmm. Like, they're much looser. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have they as don't much have resistance. They don't have that snapback, the, the dual, five, dual shot. Yeah, dual I, I just feel and... like there's a little more resistance on the dual sense. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like these have been really broken in already. Right. Where... They're probably a, just a cheaper unit that they went with. I know that they're they're smaller than the dual sense thumbsticks. They feel the same, but they're smaller. Mm-hmm. And the PlayStation VR 2 also has thumbsticks that are even smaller than this. So this is an in-between the thumbstick size of the PSVR 2 controllers Mm. and the DualSense controller, which is interesting. Kind of wonder why they just didn't... Keep that all uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I'm sure they had some reasoning. But overall, it looks nice. Oh, it looks great. It looks like you're holding something out of the future. Right. And, And for... For the sake of the experience of playing on it, it does feel just like a handheld console. Like, it feels like you're playing a handheld console. Yeah, assuming your connection stays stable and you don't have any issues with the streaming, uh, you won't. You probably won't notice much of a difference. Right. And, yeah. and so, I mean, so th- this is a big staple, I feel like, in the direction that the industry is kind of headed with console hardware with this versatility stuff that we keep talking about. Of course, Nintendo introduced that with the Switch. Now we see Sony following suit. They're not... Obviously, you know, the Switch plays it on... You know, plays yeah. the game on the... Natively. Natively. Locally. But, um, I mean, Sony's bringing the same experience, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that you're... Yeah, I mean, again, you know, like, the conditions do have to be right. Right. Like, there is going to be a time where, for whatever reason, your internet isn't going to be good enough, and you're going to end up getting, like, a a 480p picture, Mm -hmm. and it's going to look like junk, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just not going to be the ideal way to play in that moment. Um, But, you know, if you have reliable internet, you know, this maybe is a a good buy. Yeah. Um, And... You know, I didn't pay full price for this. Mm-hmm. I had um, a GameStop gift card, and I had enough points to knock ten dollars extra off. So I ended up getting it for about a hundred sixty bucks. Um, What's funny is that I paid nothing for mine. In fact, so yeah, yeah. You never got charged no, for it. No, I I got charged for it. The transaction stayed on my bank account, and on the fourteenth. I saw the money was back in my account and the transaction was gone. And then it arrived. And it's never been you've never been charged no, for it. No, not not a second time. Yeah. So Sony sent you a free PlayStation Portal. They gave me a 100% rebate <laughs> for some reason. You got a $200 gift. Yeah. It, wow. 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 <laughs> Don't say any. You shouldn't even be talking about it on this podcast. I, I know. <laughs> Someone's going to find you, dude. Someone in accounting. Yep. They'll, they'll find me. They'll identify my voice and yeah. come up with my PS5 ID. Wow, dude. Then... Yeah, shoot, maybe I should have proved it from the PlayStation. <laughs> you know what's funny is I actually saw someone online saying they were in a similar situation as you. Really? Where their money was refunded to their account, 
and they they hadn't heard anything about their order not shipping or shipping. I started freaking out when it happened because I thought that either the device got delayed or you know, I just got knocked off. For some reason, they didn't like your car right. and said, sorry, no. <laughs> didn't like my shirt or something. Yeah, I remember you were telling me you got an email saying that, like, your order's complete. Thank you. And yeah. I was like, I, that sounds like everything's okay. Right. Does it sound like your order's been canceled? I was still concerned, though, because you get your money back and the transaction's gone. That usually... I mean, at this point, it's been a week. Yeah. And you still... Still hasn't. I mean... Still hasn't charged they, you? They could do it again. I don't know, dude. I think you slipped through the cracks. I might have. I think you won. I hope I did. <laughs> That's two hundred extra dollars in your pocket. Yeah. Plus but tax. Wasn't I mean I was gonna pay two hundred for it. Right. Wasn't anticipating getting it for free. But here we are. Cool. Um so yeah, I, I have seen some reports online. People are comparing it to other similar devices at different price points perhaps. Mm-hmm. But similar devices that can stream uh, games. Now, some of these devices are just like handheld Windows PCs, essentially. Right. And there's an official, you know, remote play PC app. And there's also a third party app known as Chiaki mm-hmm. um, that also uh, can do PlayStation remote play with some authentication tokens that you can get from your PlayStation account. Right. Um. And so some of these videos show that PlayStation Portal doesn't have the best experience on the market, essentially. Which is, I'm sure, disappointing for some people who purchased this thinking they were getting the best possible remote play possible, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've seen, the, I've seen the video. I've noticed a difference... I don't think it's massively significant. Um, I think most people probably wouldn't notice it unless they saw this video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have looked for it while I've been playing it, and I do kind of see it. They're almost like these little micro judders or stutters, um, but you really do have to be looking for it. But if you're not looking for it and you're just playing, I don't think you see them. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem to get in the way of like inputting controls mm-hmm. um but hopefully it is something that can be addressed with a patch to the device a firmware update mm-hmm. uh, because i mean you really would think that sony's first party remote play solution would be, would be the, be best. the best right yeah so um i i get i understand like you know what you're talking about with the stutter and stuff it's not something i noticed and watching this comparison video I still don't notice it that much, really. I I mean, to me, it looks way smoother. Like, it looks... If you're looking at the portal first, it looks very acceptable. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at the other device that's also replaying the same exact moment in the same exact spot in the same game, Mm -hmm. it looks significantly smoother to me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so the device that is being compared to the PlayStation Portal is the Ally... Chiaki, which I it's re- the Asus Rogue Ally, which is running Chiaki. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I read that's a seven hundred dollar device. So uh, yeah, like I said, it's a window. It's a portable Windows PC. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both still just streaming video. Right. They're running Netflix. 
you know. Right, but hardware is still used to do that. I think so, but is that not disappointing then? That if, if this is a hardware issue, that's an even bigger problem. Because mm-hmm. then that means that Sony cheaped out. Right. Well, I mean, the device is cheaper. Right. But, like, still, I mean, Sony's pro- Sony's probably making a profit on this thing on day one. Uh, oh, sure. I would imagine. I don't know how big of a margin they're looking at. But for something like this, I hope they're probably looking at, like, 100% profit. So if they're selling this for $200, they are probably making it for 100 Right. That, that would be my guess of what they want from this. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like they maybe they could have sprung an extra $10 and got a better SOC mm-hmm. on this Android unit. Right. And maybe we wouldn't be having this problem. If that's the case. Mm-hmm. Like I said, hopefully this is something that they're taking note of and that they can maybe address for players. Um, Hopefully it is just some kind of glitch in the software Mm -hmm. uh, that they can fix. If it is a hardware issue, though, that to me is a little disappointing. I mean, I don't know that I'd call it a hardware issue. It's just less expensive hardware than what is running in the Ally. Yeah, but that to me is a poor excuse. If that's Sony's, like, well, this is cheaper than that. Right. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they're pitching this as the best place to remote play. Mm-hmm. Is on our first party device. Right. So. I The difference is so negligible to me. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I see it when they're side by side. I don't see it so much. Right. when i'm just looking at it playing it myself right so like i said most players may not even take note of it but for the players that this does matter to mm-hmm. if sony can fix it with a software update i hope they do yeah oh yeah Yeah. um so uh yeah there there are a lot of you know the reviews for the portal have been interesting they've been mixed i would say mm-hmm. seems to be that most people there's a lot of people going who is this for okay. why does this exist like i mean yeah it does its job and you know like i think i know who this exists for yeah this exists for people who probably live in a small space have one big main tv entertainment area mm-hmm. and other people use this area mm-hmm and maybe you want a game but you never can right and so now you have this device where you can go in another room or you can be on the couch while the kids are watching bluey or whatever Mm -hmm. and now you can now you can play on your ps5 and you don't bother anyone right um i mean i would just go blanket say that it's for everybody who plays their switch in handheld mode you know it's uh it's for those people. It's... Right, but I mean, the Switch is $300, right? Right. And you're getting the whole thing for $300. Mm-hmm. Right. This requires a separate yeah, $500 purchase. Yeah, it's a different purchase. price point. Yeah. You know, for so the you have to spend setup. $700 to be yeah to, to be use the this. PlayStation Portal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, I get that. Um, but I thought, you know, if we're talking about, like, demographic of, you know, I get the price points different. Right. But, um who's going to be using this you know it's it's going to be those people that travel a lot need it more of a handheld solution to gaming but like we said there's issues with traveling with this right yeah yeah there's that i didn't know about that but um 
Yeah, I feel like I can answer that question, so I, that's kind of... So, while reviews have been kind of mixed and confused, the PlayStation Portal is sold out mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's, like, these tiny little restocks that'll last, like, ten seconds. You know, someone, some, you know, video game person like Wario64 post about, oh, it's back up on Best Buy, boom, it's gone right. instantly. Right. It's virtually sold out, and all territories is being sold. I mean, do we know, you know, the PS? this happened with the PS5 itself, how many of these people are scalpers that are just right. buying out stuff? You know, the, I'm seeing them, people try to sell them for about $100 more, so for 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if you're a scalper and you're trying to move these for $300, you got to remember that eBay is going to take a 20% cut. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay taxes on eBay sales now. Anything, if you make more than $600, you have to report. In a year? Yeah, in a year you're required. eBay will send you the form to give to your tax person. Right. And so then you're losing another 20%. Yeah. So in the end, you're making like $10 profit selling them for $300. Yeah. That's not worth it. No. That's (laughs) a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I don't think it's worth reselling stuff anymore. No. Yeah. I... If they sold it for more and, and yeah, it was Yeah, if they working, were moving them for $500 right. and there was demand for it at $500, then okay, sure. Then, So yeah, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people are buying these from resellers. Okay. I'm guessing Sony was probably... They didn't want to go all in on this. Mm-hmm. They wanted to sell out and they prob- they're probably really pleased with what happened. That mm-hmm. they basically sold out. They say there's going to be more coming in December, mm-hmm. um, so they they clearly have more on the way, but they went a little more conservative. Rather than have hundreds of these things on shelves, not selling, and then having to discount them to like $100 a year later, right? which was what I, what I was originally hoping for. Right. When I first heard about this, I was like, I'll pay $100 for this, but no way in heck am I paying $200. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's a success by all marks so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, if players are, people who bought one are happy for the most part, it seems that way. There's some people disappointed about some of these issues that it's experienced, but, you know, we the thing gets a firmware update out of the box, so who's to say there won't be more updates to it? Right. And maybe there could even be more features added to it over time as well Mm -hmm. i mean do you think this is something sony is gonna really go all in on no absolutely not i mean do you think there's gonna be more iterations of the portal um yeah of course that depends on the longevity of people playing with them using it yeah because i'm sure they're monitoring like right oh how many people are engaging with the hardware like sure we sold out i think a a whole big uh component to this push to be everything be online at all times has to do with data collecting mm-hmm. you know yeah obviously yeah so yeah they're definitely monitoring usage player habits mm-hmm. and all that stuff feeds into the yep. machine of whatever they're doing next uh they probably are tracking when you're using a different wi-fi than your home network um just just to know how many people are playing truly remote um but yeah i if it's that big of a success, I, I'm, I mean, I think what Sony has always wanted to have a handheld device be as, you know, be a, a success that's going to continue. I mean, the PSP was massive. It, yeah, that it thing was. sold 
like a hundred over a hundred million units. Yeah, that's a good point. So just having a successful device apparently doesn't mean that Sony's going to keep it alive. Yeah, I mean know? they made a follow up to the PSP. And... Uh, they made a few, and then they went all digital with. Well, the... I mean, yeah, they made the PSP go. Right. But I mean, like the true follow up to the PSP is the PlayStation Vita. Right. Um, and this isn't a follow-up to the Vita. No, we should not. be clear. This yeah. is an accessory not, for the PS5. And like considering it that, or anybody online considering it that, is going to be a misdirection. I mean, you can pretend while you're playing right. it. Right. You know, you that is you know, native. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and you can be convinced pretty easily that it is. You know, the experience feels like it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not. It's not. You know. No. I mean, there's a part of me. Like how mad are you? Well, how are you mad if in two years they put out a new, you know, P PlayStation Portable Two, like or, a Slim or something? No, they put out like a true new handheld that has this form factor, this experience with remote play, but also has like native games on it or games played locally. Would I be mad? Yeah, like, are you like, man, why did I invest in this? Because now there's, oh. like, clearly a better thing. Well, no, know? because they got it essentially for free. <laughs> That's true. You so, can't be mad. Right. But um, to answer your question, uh, no. Two I'd, years from now, no. I'd be a little miffed. But I'd be happy, period, that Sony was getting back into, right. like, a second I, I think ecosystem. that would be my focus, too. Yeah. I mean, like, if I was someone who maybe didn't have as much extra income mm-hmm. i i could see myself being upset like are you for real right you know um i mean that's how it goes they have to try something new right and see how it goes okay mm-hmm. so let's say they never put out something new mm-hmm. five years from now playstation 6 comes out mm-hmm. this isn't compatible with playstation 6 well, it's a PS5 peripheral, and that's right. how I see it. But then, during PS6's life cycle, they never release something similar. Mm-hmm. Are you like, what the heck? No. No? No, I mean, I... Uh, I would maybe wonder why, right. but I wouldn't be upset, necessarily. Like, remote plays... Well, I mean, because, you know, the Vita could do remote play on PS4... PS4. And PS3. Right. Whereas this, you know, doesn't connect to a PS4, even though it probably could. Yeah, they probably could make it. Yeah, I mean, the remote play app works on PS4 and PS5 still. Right. I mean, a PS5 has a PS4 in it. Essentially, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. I I would hope that if, if they only ever continue to make this one model of playstation portal mm-hmm. you notice they don't call it playstation 5 portal right yeah that's a good point they just call it playstation portal mm-hmm. so i would hope that it continues to be i mean it's it doesn't need anything extra to stream right you know i mean if you think about it now that you mentioned that um psvr is not called playstation 4 vr and it is compatible on playstation 5 yeah so this could just be like a, a new pillar for them of products to yeah. use nintendo's pillar term. of products love it you know well, um, if we didn't already have a name for this episode that's right. what i'd call it pillar, pillar of, of products, products. <laughs> yeah dang that's so good we need to save that one for something yeah for sure um you know what i mean like the portal is their 
their streaming device line of products, their PSVR is their virtual reality line of products, you know, so I I could see it kind of being that, you know, like a, just a line of products that are sort of independent from their console line, you know, um, but yeah, that's a good observation that they didn't put a five in the name. I think so too. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this is something that lives on. Even if they make more form factors of the portal, mm-hmm. maybe they'll just continue to be forwards compatible. I mean, the PlayStation Five probably has five, six years in it before we even see a hint of a PlayStation Six. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know. Every generation seems to get longer and longer. It seems to be about 10 years for Sony. Nowadays, yeah. Uh, I I mean, Nintendo's Wii U cycle was very yeah, brief. It was very brief. Well, you know, four and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty brief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had to move on. But I think Sony consistently has been about 10 years. Well, PlayStation 5, or PlayStation 4 came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's 2023, and oh yeah, that's true. I guess PS4. There's a very there's a big cross gen gap. Yeah. Now. Oh yeah. I mean, geez, the PS2 was still being sold well into and manufactured well into the PS4's life. Right, and uh, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think ga- PS2 games were still being published. Yeah. Um, at least expansions for Final Fantasy Eleven. That and uh, Just Dance, mm-hmm. things like that, and right. FIFA. FIFA, yeah. I mean, right. like the PS2 was like, especially in countries, you know, that are poorer, right? Don't have access to the latest game consoles. Mm-hmm. Like the PS2 lived for so it long. It did, yeah. yeah, it did. And I feel like the PS4 is now going to be sort of the new PS2. In a way, it kind of was that way, yeah. yeah. I mean, most games that are releasing for PS5 also have a PS4 version still. Mm-hmm. It's uncommon for that to own to only be a PS5 game. It's weird how that kind of correlates with backwards compatibility of the the follow-up. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, like sometimes you'll see like, oh, the PlayStation 4 version is cheaper than the PlayStation 5 version. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you'd be missing out on some enhancements if you you know bought the ps5 version over the ps4 version right it's like well what do i just want to play the game you know what do i do i pay less right or do i pay a little more to get the premium experience that i you know i bought the new console i just mm-hmm. probably want the best experience which is kind of weird when we're talking about ps4 and ps5 because ps4 also had the ps4 pro that gave it some upscaling and some enhancements yeah. and then ps5 is an enhancement on those enhancements in right. a way. And uh, we'll probably be getting a PS5 Pro in the next year or yeah, two, right. I guess. Uh, I don't know that I'll... I don't think I'll jump on that. No. I don't even think I'll be jumping on the Slim right now. Oh, no. I mean, I would only buy the Slim if I didn't already have a mm-hmm. PlayStation 5, I guess. Right. Now, pretty soon, players won't have a choice. As soon as the old stock is gone... The only PS5 on the market is going to be the new Slim model. Right. With the detachable disk drive that we know has issues now mm-hmm. due to its internet required uh, 
it's uh Connectivity. like it's check some yeah you know server connection um okay so we're gonna leave off from the portal now right yep we're done okay cool device i look forward to you know giving mine some action over the thanksgiving it, break i've got going on i'm enjoying it a lot cool. And, and, you know, you'll have to report when you're back in two weeks mm -hmm. what it was like. Yeah, experience. being out of state. Yeah. Actually a long distance away. Maybe maybe the carrying case shows up before I hope you so. leave. I don't know, though. Um, I'll, what I, day do you leave? Uh, the 26th. Is that? Uh, Sunday. Oh, this Sunday. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, I doubt it. I'm going to have to just grab another bag of yeah, some sort. Some kind of padded um all right so whew, we are at the two hour mark so i think we're just gonna do one story mm -hmm. and then we'll wrap this episode up because we have to record another episode right after this mm -hmm. um so <laughs> we're going to talk uh about another handheld device all right um valve announced the new steam deck oled model mm -hmm. so what is the steam deck the Steam Deck came out about two years ago. It's a handheld uh, console, you could say. Yeah. It runs a custom operating system. It can be dual booted with Windows, but you know you have to do some tinkering to get that working. But mm -hmm. uh, it's essentially uh, Valve's own console that runs Steam OS and runs games purchased on steam right so this doesn't play discs you can't install well i guess you might be able to install a game via a disc mm -hmm. if you boot it into windows or something right um there's no removable media on this yeah, exactly you'd have to plug it in via usb which I, it does have some usb ports right um and so this device was made to essentially be a portable way to access your pc games mm -hmm. And uh, it was, by all accounts, a pretty good success. It, it had s uh, some issues, short battery life, uh, kind of a subpar screen. Mm -hmm. um, they cut some corners to get the price where they wanted it to be. But the OLED model, which mm -hmm. has a brand new OLED screen, which means blacks are really black, colors really pop right. they're going to be more vibrant it's, it's all around the preferred type of screen even it, on the vita that was the yeah preferred. yeah the vita launched with an oled in mm -hmm. 2011 i right. think it yeah. was um and that was revolutionary you know the switch got an oled model mid-life cycle like three years ago now i think or two mm -hmm. years ago um and now uh the steam deck is getting an oled model so what's changed the screen has increased in size by just a little bit it's now 7.4 inches it has the same resolution um, it's now compatible with the new very new wi-fi 6e which is like a 5 you know 5g internet uh, you know wi-fi connection now 6e is the next evolution of that so that can help uh if you have a really new router can help with download speeds and things like that which the steam deck was known for taking a really long time to download games mm -hmm. um and smoother online play due to uh, it being wi-fi 6e compatible it also has a bigger battery depending on the game you're running steam estimates or valve i should say estimates that you'll get three to twelve hours of play time compared to the two to eight hours of play time of the original steam deck Mm -hmm. Part of this is due to the OLED screen, uh, which are far more battery efficient than mm -hmm. an LCD screen is. 
I don't even know why companies use LCD. It's cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. OLED screens are significantly more expensive. If you go to the store at Best Buy and you compare uh, an an LCD and LED screen to an OLED screen, the price jump goes like up a thousand dollars you know like you can get smaller oled screens for you know another 50 bucks or so Mm -hmm. um but yeah when you start getting big like it's it's crazy how much the price jump is it it more than doubles in a lot of cases gotcha um the uh the a the onboard apu is also more uh energy efficient this is a like it, they don't. It doesn't have a CPU. It has an APU. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it runs a little differently than you know, like a PC would. Um, the power supply is the same. Uh, it does come with a longer cable, which is nice. It has a bigger fan, updated thermals, and it, which means the unit will run a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. The unit is also thirty grams lighter. Only a five percent difference. Yeah. No one's really gonna feel that. I don't. That think. can make a big difference, though. I feel. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're... I would feel like I would need to see 10 or 15% before I'd really... If I had them both in each hand, I don't know that I'd be able to tell which one is lighter with only right. 5% difference. I mean, when you're playing. It, yeah, like long term, if you're holding it up right, that may keep you from getting 5% less tired. Right. I'd, before your hands are like, I need a break. Yeah. Um, and it now has a 90 hertz refresh refresh rate up from 60 hertz so it can now do like 90 fps you know pc gamers are known for wanting their their fps to be as good as it can be so that's that's definitely improved and you know like a lot of phones nowadays do 90 and 120 and when you compare 90 to 120 Uh, to 60 yeah it's so apparent oh yeah Yeah. you have to kind of compare but yeah 60 next to 120 especially you can really tell it's like night and day yeah yeah, you know, I remember when the whole 60 FPS thing kind of started like a decade ago, mm-hmm. people were like, I don't see a difference, you know, like, or it doesn't make any difference to me. And like, I don't know how people could say that because it's... Yeah, 30 to 60 is a big... That's difference. noticeable as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the most noticeable. Like, the, be- the easiest way to see that if you own the new, if you own Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, mm-hmm. if you're playing multiplayer with more than two people so three or four people on a local system the game runs at 30 fps mm-hmm. if you're playing in solo yeah it runs at 60 right. so i encourage you go go play mario 6 or mario kart 8 deluxe by yourself and then immediately switch to a multiplayer match afterwards and it feels like you're playing like a slowed down version yeah on of the game. really really high octane or fast moving you know stuff that's when you really that's when 30 really starts to not work yeah you know um but yeah i i've noticed that too games will switch frame rates or lock frame rates depending on different features and stuff yeah. like that oh yeah they have to yeah and you know on console you know people thought like PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X finally all games on consoles were run at 60 frames per second right asterisk that's not what happened (laughs) because instead of game developers tend to prioritize graphics over frame rate for Mm -hmm. whatever reason so they'd rather push the visual fidelity further Mm -hmm. than 
then give people better frame rate. Now we are seeing a lot of people it's because, offering it's options. It's because screenshots sell. That's right. That's you know. Yeah. Now you, we do see more games offering different modes. There's like a fidelity mode. There's a, like an an FPS mode. Mm-hmm. So players are getting more options, almost like they do on PC, um, where mm-hmm. you can fiddle with options to make the performance run better. Um, I feel like that's almost mandatory on PC in a lot of cases. Oh yeah, yeah, because of all the different graphics right. cards and you know computers that can be used. Right. Um, you you have to offer that kind of customiza- customization. It's weird to see it on console. I don't know if I've ever played a console game and had that much. Maybe you maybe you just haven't explored the options. But yeah. like I know like all the new Spider like the new Spider Man okay. games from Sony. I, I they all offer like two different modes. Like you can play fidelity mode or like, like a, a smooth 30 you know, frames a second yeah and you know it feels fine until you turn on 60 fps right. and then swinging around new york city is like whoa you right. know it feels so much better but then you are losing all that, some of the post-processing effects right. and things like that reflections and yeah water effects yeah you're, you're now getting like very generic reflections and not mm-hmm. like authentic real ones right um and so uh, there's three variants of the OLED Steam Deck. There is a 512 gigabyte model, which they're selling for $549. There's a one terabyte model with anti-glare screen coating for $649. And then there's a there was I should say there was a limited edition one terabyte transparent variant with anti-glare screen coating for $679. So you're paying 30 more dollars to get the transparent model meaning that like you can see the internals of the mm-hmm. system kind of like one of those old school game boys or n64s right. game boy color and yeah stuff. um so these went on sale last week i know it was a bit of a mess trying to order one initially but my understanding last i checked we're talking just about the limited edition? No, all three models okay. went on sale at the same time. The limited edition's gone. That one's sold out. Okay. But you can still place an order right now for the 512 and the 1 terabyte. They met demand. And now you can still just order one and get it within a week or so. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so that's pretty cool. You know, you're used to seeing new products sell out and then be unavailable or really hard to find for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Valve prepared for that you know they knew there'd be demand and they met it and now throughout the holidays people will still be able to order one Mm -hmm. you know even if they weren't there the second it became available so um those price points yeah i mean we can look at that and wonder what maybe the switch successor is going to look like in terms of price yeah um i don't know if that's a fair comparison because i i i as much as i agree that this is a console um it is playing PC games. You yeah. know, it is, it's not, uh, it's, I don't know, it's not, I feel like it's not subjected to that sort of price point war that goes on, I use the word war loosely. Sure. It goes on among the big three consoles. Right. You know, giants. Um, so, I, it just, I don't know, I can understand, I can understand the three models given that context, and I can also understand the prices being... Just, I mean, really, the only difference between the models is the storage space. Mm-hmm, yeah, the only significant right. difference. Uh, anti-glare screen coating. Which is maybe something you might not even want, because I've heard the anti-glare uh, coating affects the image 
mm-hmm. uh, like the OLED image. Like you're getting like kind of more muted colors because of the that coating. Really? So I heard some people are like, oh, I'm going to go for the 512 gigabyte one and just upgrade the storage myself. Oh, okay. Rather than go for the anti-glare one. So how do you know how like customizable these things are? Are they at all? Or um, I mean, they're customizable in terms of you can upgrade the storage. Okay. And I don't think you can i mean if you're a tinkerer yeah okay i'm not talking about like no your average consumer the only thing they're going to be able to do is upgrade the storage okay gotcha Um, i mean i guess someone could apply anti-glare screen coating on their own if they were really careful right that that's just i'm not talking about like mods you know i'm talking about like you know yeah you can't open it like it's similar to a switch where you can plug in a an SD card, right? You know that yeah. kind of a thing. Okay, um, I want one. <laughs> of course, I don't play. Hey, enough. you know, order it and maybe it shows up for free again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let <laughs> um, me just risk five hundred and fifty dollars. But um, seriously though, I I don't know that I play enough Steam to justify buying one of these. For me, it's like I think it looks cool and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Do I really need one more thing that I'm, you know, like I bought for the first time in a long time, I bought an Xbox this generation. Mm-hmm. I've barely used it. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed to say that because it's hard enough gaming between my Switch and my PS5. Right. And I don't consider the portal like a new thing because it just lets me uh, no, play it, my PS5 games. Again, it's a periphery. Right. I don't consider that like a, a new, you know, thing. And then I have old consoles that I want to play games with too you right, know right um same and so like if i were to get a steam deck much like my xbox i think it would sit there yeah which is a a bummer because there's so many great like indie games that you can't find on console still mm-hmm. that you can find on steam right yeah that's true so i mean it would be like a great um device but and i haven't invested anything into the steam ecosystem like mm-hmm. i don't have a bunch of games purchased i do have a small list of games i've bought i know some people have like thousands of games yeah, on no, steam because no they like constantly like they do these crazy sales where yeah, games are like summer sales are like a dollar and stuff like that yeah. so people just like buy just in case they ever might want to play it someday yeah or they do these like charity humble bundles or whatever where there's like oh get 50 games for 20 bucks you know humble is a separate company with their right but they usually have steam codes right that like you can apply that's true yeah um so uh yeah it's not for me i remember when the the steam deck first came out i said no i'll like i would want an oled screen Mm -hmm. and now they have one with an oled screen and so for the first time i was like tempted to even consider it right um if i was to get into something in the future like eve online or something sure. like that and i'm just playing that i might consider buying something like this yeah because that would be preferable for me right you know as a console gamer having a con more console experience right um so i and that's interesting that you have a device now that offers a truly con- a console experience to the world of PC gaming. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this is the first thing that's ever done that. No. You know, but it's... I. Th- They're poised for success with it, this. I, I think so. Like, th- this is going to stick around. Yeah. 
It's um, almost going to become the come a fourth player in the bit space, I think. The Oculus Quest or MetaQuest, mm-hmm. whatever now, um, that thing plays games natively. And yeah, is, one of the models does. Right. Yeah, and you don't have to have a PC hooked up to it, which is impressive. Right. Um, you know, I, that's a VR experience, but yeah. still a kind of it's a, a standalone thing, yeah, yeah, with its own store. Right. Um,. Yeah, it's it's really cool, uh, but yeah, I just, I can't. No. And, and you know, the other thing that kills it for me is there's no physical games. You're basically going yeah. all in on a digital ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to trust anyone with the digital ecosystem, it's going to be Steam. More than Nintendo, more than Microsoft, oh, yeah. more than PlayStation. I trust Steam to be around far longer than I do any of these other three companies protecting people's digital purchases and making them forwards compatible yeah that's because steam never and you know comes up with a new e-shop right you know it says oh you know that one's gone yeah right i mean playstation and microsoft seem to be going that way where their their old content is accessible on the newer platforms and hopefully they stay that course it seems like in nintendo's case at least they want you to buy it again though um, I think that's going to change. They've been saying stuff. They've been talking about how the eShop and the Nintendo account are going to stick around moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it's my hope that you'll be able to download and play things that you've purchased previously digitally and hopefully physically. Right. I've, it seems like that has to be the inevitable yeah. way to go. That It's just not viable to have you have to rebuy Every, virtual yeah. console yeah. You know, re-releases. Every so yeah, I, I don't think uh, I think uh, Nintendo's going to go that direction too. We've yet to see them do it ever, mm-hmm. but I feel like we're about to yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Be like, hey, all of your stuff is forwards compatible, including digital purchases. Mm-hmm. They've had forwards compatibility with their games, their physical games before in certain instances, right. but never digitally really. Right. I mean, with the 3DS and DSi, where you could import your dsiware purchases right but it was like a backwards process to get it done like you had to like lot make two different accounts mm-hmm. and connect them and synchronize them and yeah. it wasn't just log in and there everything is yeah i remember yeah it was <laughs> it was an afterthought yeah well we had some other stuff we wanted to talk about yeah, but i think we're gonna have to move it over to the next episode um, which, so which we will be recording right about immediately now. after this one, um, and the corn guy is here, <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue. I don't know if the mic picks him up. I hope he does. He's like the third unofficial member of the show. Last at this time, point. last time I spot checked the last episode, I didn't hear him, but we okay. were talking about him. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna sign off. End transmission.